0: The following is a presentation of the Bellamp Sports Media Network.
1: The ball sends it over to Edward Robles. Go insert name FC! Go insert name FC. What is up, everybody? It's Hector Flores, host of the Insert Name FC podcast, a member of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Joining me, as always, is my best friend and the other host of the show, Eric Robles. And update on the Timo Werner uh, joke. <laughs> um, he has yet to score a hat trick, so he he remains um
0: hey what's up guys and i'm getting a lot of slack for this so i'm I'll taking it. that been. i'm taking it y'all just keep tagging me posting twitter uh, x instagram man y'all just y'all just going to town on me man y'all just going i, I mean i take it i take it like a channel i'll be honest but uh, i'm like will i'm just When like, you look man. back at that
1: clip man like
0: oh bro when y'all posted that clip when y'all posted that clip i was like bro really i was like man i was like i swear i was like i was thinking even spence was probably chuckling when he was doing that clip (laughs) swear i mean well he when he was looking at the clip my bad my bad i
1: was about to say i'm i'm the one that does all that (laughs) i
0: know i know i know i know but that's what i'm saying I i was like i'm pretty sure even spence was like chuckling at that he was probably like he probably even looked up Anytime team and Wonder was playing and he saw all those misses and I'm just like,
1: yeah. Also uh... Spencer having the realization that he probably could have texted me uh, to not have to sing "Peso Pluma uh, was probably also another funny moment. Um, but, <laughs> but all right. So last episode, I talked about how I'm not playing EA Sports FC until they fix that, that, uh, that, that stupid bug where I'm not allowed to continue on with my career mode. Um,
2: oh yeah. So what ended up happening?
1: Uh, I caved in. I was like, "F it. I'll just start over again." Uh, so <laughs> I created a new career mode. I'm gonna start with the Houston Dynamo again. Um, maybe, maybe not. Win, not try to win two MLS cups. Maybe just win one. Actually, I might go for a three peat. I might just do that. I might go for a three peat. Um, try to win three MLS cups. Just cause then like. By that time, uh, if I end up going to like to the Argentinian league, which I would hope to try to get an Argentinian league job, um, to try to win Copa Libertadores, and then and then at that point, like Europe is going to be so that's like four years of Europe of like just European soccer just going by the wayside. So I'm assuming that like. Teams will be in certain will look certain different ways. Players won't look the same. You, you know, the like the the rosters won't look all the same. So I think that might be what I would, what I'll do. Just just because like how many times am I gonna, you know, upgrade Arsenal or upgrade Real Madrid or, uh, you know, you you know what I mean? So, yeah, I get you. So yeah, so that so I caved in. EA Sports FC, you you win yet again. Um, so fuck you, but <laughs> it's just like, no matter what, I'm always going to, I'm just going to end up playing it. Like, it's just like, it's like a, it's like a horrible abusive relationship that like, I know that, I know EA Sports FC just like abuses me and I just keep going back for, for more. Is it, is it
0: like, is it like the that viral video that's been going on where that girl just punching the dude and he's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And I think it was like his cousin texted him or something.
1: I have no idea girl what cousin. That. I have you haven't no seen that video, that. bro.
0: No. It is so sad, dude. I was like, what kind I of I have stuff never is seen that? this
1: video, and nor do I want to see this video. It sounds, that sounds like one, why is this being recorded? And two, well, actually, no, it's good that's being recorded, but like, why is it being posted on social media? Because that obviously should be going to <laughs> <Clout>. the police.
0: <laughs> so, I mean, that's the only reason why, clout and. I mean, yeah. dude, honestly,
1: I'm just Bro, saying, no, like, I literally like... saw the dumbest shit ever. Um What'd you say? So there's this guy on TikTok like how he talks about how he's homeless. Um he put it on TikTok that he was living in a store in his storage unit and how like it's not that it's not, it, you know, it's more it's more affordable than getting an apartment. Um we have access to this this and this. Um we just have to like plan accordingly for food and then posted it on TikTok and, and and it's like like I'm not saying like you know I'm not saying that I'm judging that person for living in a storage unit look like I get it like rent sucks like the, the property value has is not what it was from when our our parents were 30 years old but oh 100% uh... But the fact, and, and and I'm sure even during that time, there was people that were struggling financially to the point where they were living in a storage unit. But the thing is, people, it's illegal to live in a storage unit. Yep.
0: And it's, so it, the
1: thing is, I think they made
0: it illegal back in the '90s because uh, because people were doing that. Like they were. With, with they that being I mean, said, th-
1: though. With that being said, <laughs> though, if it if it one if it's against the law, why are you putting it on a public forum, which is TikTok? you know, for people that don't understand what public forum means and, and, and literally putting it out there. And it's like, it's not difficult, especially if you're like geo location, you know, if you put like your location, they're going to know who, and then obviously I think this person is actually pretty popular on TikTok. I guess, cause he's showing you life hacks of being homeless. Um, which that's can't believe I'm, I'm using those (laughs) words, but like, um, and once again, I'm not dodging this guy. Like, everyone, I understand, like, uh, the economy is where it is. Like, shit, I'm still looking for work after being, un- I've been unemployed since July. So I can tell you for a fact, like, I've applied for, a- and it's, like, getting annoying now because, like, it's, like, people are, like, are talking to me as if, like, I'm not even trying. And it's, like, no, I fucking apply for a lot of jobs. Like, I I think in a week, I have, in just one week, I've I've at least applied for over 100 jobs. And and I get those dumb like unfortunately either I don't get a response back or I get a message about a job interview never hear from them again or or they I get that dumb email that's like unfortunately we moved on with another candidate so you know it's just one of those things it, I understand like it, it's rough out there I get it but like when you're don't post it this is like like one once again this goes back to the whole thing where not everything needs to be posted unless this is this is shtick. Is it's just him doing stuff to piss everybody off which is like um so that's one way to do it and i think he also dropped another video where he was working at a hotel and they told him to throw away the food but instead he like st- he stored the food and uh he kept so he, you know he kept the food so he can take it home um and then he goes on this whole video about it about him he, he like he's at the dumpster like saying these motherfuckers can't tell me what to do and then he gets fired because of it so Cause he posted it on tiktok anyways yep. it was it was just dumb um but yeah social media dude it's 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 ridiculous that's all i gotta say it, it's very ridiculous Um uh,
0: but but yeah you social media was just about keeping in touch with your
1: friends honestly that's all i really have social media i mean aside from obviously promoting the podcast um which if you guys have been if you guys been noticing uh the the shorts and reels have been getting a lot better in quality <laughs> so and someone's you know, upgraded <laughs> no i'm just literally just, and this is just me teaching myself like it, it my one of my family members was like yeah man like did you have to take a class on how to do that i was like no i just i just taught myself YouTube certified i just literally taught myself how to do it <laughs> like Google i was like
0: certified youtube certified
1: uh not even. Um I it's literally cap cut. It's is literally that's what oh, okay. it is. I just, okay. It's just
0: well, I think you cap cut you
1: know. Yeah, because it, it it has I we have gotten a lot more engagement because of it, so that's pretty cool. Um we I've seen an interesting like rise in in, in traffic on, on the on the on the podcast social media. So it's pretty cool. Pretty cool to see. Um but yeah, man, so this episode is we're gonna have our overreactions. We're gonna talk transfers. We're gonna have a headline that kind of involves. Well, that 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 kind of it does involve the African Cup of Nations. Um, we have an interview this episode. Uh, one of like like you know, I keep saying when I when I created the podcast, man, I had a list of of people that I wanted to bring on uh, for interviews, and uh, this guy is definitely was up there. Um, and that's Eddie Robinson. He's a four-time MLS cup champion, uh, played for the Houston dynamo announced matches for the Houston dynamo pr- was pretty well involved with the Houston dynamo after his career. So, um, it was really cool to finally get an interview with him. And funny enough was, uh, when I reached, so I found out that he, he follows me on Instagram. Oh, yeah! I, I, I never knew that until he, uh, he he liked a pic. he it, so I was you know obviously New Year's Eve, I was at the Texans game. Uh, I posted a picture uh at the at the modelo uh booth uh at the Texans game. I'm sure you I'm sure you remember that picture, Edward. Uh oh, yeah. So he liked it and I was like, Holy shit, Eddie Robinson uh follows me on on Instagram. Never written, never knew that that that. I never knew that. Um uh, and so I sent him a message. I was like, "Hey man, would you ever want w- like I have a podcast? Would you like to come on um, and, and do an interview?" And he's like, "Yeah, let's do it." And so, if I realized it was going to be that easy, um, <laughs> you were like, I would have done, I done a this a long ago. ass time ago." So I didn't realize <laughs> it was ever... just, it was going to be that easy. So um, I mean, I, I guess I'll you I'll could be, fl- be... throw a little dunce hat on me right now, just because, like. Durp, durp. It's like, well, it's like when you, well, I guess it's not the similar thing, but it's like when you have a crush on a girl and then you, like, you know, it's, a, it's all the way till like your senior year of high school and you realize that she had a crush on you this whole time. And you're like, fuck, I could have, you know, if I would have just like figured that part out, I probably would have, this whole thing would have been many, a lot easier than many, what it is now. How many of those did you tell me that I had? I don't remember that. You always
0: told me, hey, so this so and so. And I'm like,
1: ah, crap. I think that's just high so school. In, a- I think that's just high school in general. I think all of us have had that few people that have had a crush on you that you also did have a crush on them, but you just didn't... One, it just we, never panned out. It just never panned you, out. We just never knew, and we were just moronic. Uh, also, I'm, like, very, very oblivious, uh, and Edward can tell you that for a fact.
0: Um, Man, you're talking about the other guy who's oblivious. What the fuck do you mean? <laughs> Edward can tell you
1: that. Okay, that's true. <laughs> that's true. I guess if you had to ask our other friends, um, they would be the ones yes. that would have to tell you guys that, but... Um, But yeah, so Eddie Robinson, we got an interview with him. Um, Obviously, by the time this episode drops, it is now we have you round of 16 for the African Cup of Nations. So uh, we're going to have Musa come on, uh, talk, talk about part of the group stages. Um, It's going to be kind of different because like I'm the because of scheduling. um, We're going to have to record before the final group, the, the last two groups play. So it's going to be kind of a combination of me and Musa and I might try to recruit somebody else to come on to cover the other half, uh, other half of that, of the, of the AFCON coverage, but you will be hearing Musa throughout to the final. We, 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 we took care of the details. So that way we, we have him all the way till the final. Um, but, but yeah, so AFCON with Musa, maybe might have somebody else there with uh, for the, for that other half of the coverage, but, that will be available this episode as well. Um, me and Edward will announce our players of the week and give you guys some games to look forward to this coming weekend. And then we'll wrap this show up with a five side draft. Um, hopefully, it does not bring you down like our three out three down did uh, last week. Oh no, <laughs> man! <laughs> um, um, and the uh, the we topic is potential biopics. So, uh, last this last year, it was it. Was an interesting year for biopics Um, I think I got to watch a few of them, in, in, you know, in the past year, um, there's one specific movie that did inspire me to want to do the five aside draft. I will mention it when we get to the five aside draft because I don't want Edward, um, taking my picks. So, because it might, oh my god, like I'm because I'm, I, I just don't want, I mean, Edward's probably getting the first, edward is going to get the first pick because of the fact that like he's won every single majority, okay, not every single, but has won majority of the five side drafts. Um, uh, so <laughs> I think the o- the only one I won was uh the uh, cameo appearances. Oh wow. <laughs> that's the only one I won. Uh, people found Edwards list uh, like they found Edwards all time crush list horn uh like better than mine. So they were they found Edwards to be more hornier than I was. Gee, uh, <laughs> uh, what what else was what else did we do? Well, actually, Kelsey won the first ever five-a-side draft, which was the video game characters one. Um...
3: Anyways, yeah. So, did we do anything else?
1: I-, I can't remember off of the, but just know Edwards won most of them. Um, and uh, even, even though I won the cameo draft, freaking Nick Swisher liked our picture. <laughs> so... Oh yes. <laughs> so... <laughs> So I think that's a win, that's a win in my book, man. That's a win in my book. So it was like, who really won that one? So, yeah, that's uh, got, that was interesting. I got
0: Nick Swisher. I got I got a bro to like it. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, that, that was pretty awesome. But, <laughs> all right, so that so that like I said, uh, overreactions, transfer talk, uh, hot headlines, Eddie Robinson, African Cup of Nations, players of the week, games to watch five-aside draft. This is going to be a really fun episode. I think it's going to be a good one. So we're going to go ahead and take a break and then go right into our overreactions from this past weekend.
0: Hey everyone, it's Ryan from No Credentials Required to talk to you about one of our newest partners at Belly Up Sports, SeatGeek. Yeah, live sports is great on television, but the feeling of being at the arena is a priceless experience. That's why our friends at SeatGeek are there to help you find the best tickets at the best prices. Not only can you get tickets to sporting events, we can also get tickets to concerts, comedy shows, musicals, and more. Search for your desired event now at SeatGeek.com, enter promo code BELLYUPSPORTS at checkout, and you save 20 bucks off your first purchase. SeatGeek. Life's an event. We have the tickets.
1: All right, guys. Make sure you guys follow us on Instagram, Twitter at insert name FC. Shit, I just said Twitter. X at um, insert name FC. <laughs> also, check us out on TikTok at insert.name.fc. Um, Obviously, subscribe to YouTube. Uh, you guys know that we're having the jersey bet, which is if Sevilla and Olympic Leon avoid relegation. We will do a jersey giveaway. It's going to involve YouTube, so go ahead and follow us. Follow us also as well um, over there on YouTube. Insert name FC. You'll see it. It's it's very obvious which one it is. Um, so you know, make sure you guys do that as well. Um, also, you can find us on Threads. We're trying a little be trying to post more on on Threads. I keep forgetting about it from time to time. Also, Facebook. Facebook. We're we're also trying to be more active on Facebook again as well. So because uh, yeah, you know, apparently we need to start being more caring of Facebook. So, I'm sorry. Uh, sorry, Mark Zuckerberg. Um but yeah. All right. Overreactions from this past weekend. Uh, Edward, do you, what's your overreaction? Uh
0: so my overreaction <laughs> and I mean, it was pretty funny the way you reacted. Cause I kind of I kind of expected it, to be honest. But basically my overreaction is the uh, the Spanish cup. The Atlético Madrid versus Real Madrid match. I mean, it was. I mean, I'll be honest. It was really intense. It was went all the way to extra time, and uh, I mean, to be honest, I was expecting something like that. Just a lot of the calls, and I'm I'm saying this. And yes, I'm a Barcelona fan, but I felt like a lot of the calls were going towards Real Madrid's way,
1: and. I feel like this is kind of ironic that the the guy that whose team got caught paying reps or trying to accuse my team. If you hey if you would have seen this one video that
0: uh that got posted up online talking about like, you know when they uh when they start announcing like the players for the teams <laughs> somebody actually put refs as like the starting eleven. Look, I, I was like, bro, I, I've seen this like, shit time Whoa. and time
1: again. It's I, it apparently it, it also happened. It also happened recently, as not not just in the Atletico Madrid game. Um, it also happened in in their last match as well, where people were, were. Uh, see, I, I mean, know, Real Madrid were down know, two, know about Real Madrid was I, down I two know. nothing. Um, and then they ended up winning three two. I think there was like a VAR goal that was taken back, and then there was a VAR penalty that was ta- that was given to, di- to the to oh, Real Madrid. Yes,
0: the the Almeria game. Are you talking about the Almeria game?
1: Yeah. Yes, too.
0: That one. Yes, I actually saw the highlights for that. Yeah, so there's a preview. I,
1: I and, and okay, and for people that are going to be like, oh, Hector's look, in denial because okay. he's blah, blah, blah. Look, look,
0: look, 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 look. I'm going to tell you something. The didn't even say what I was going to say. <laughs> no, well, let me let me try to finish that one off on my side. The players were tired because I think what? The Spanish Cup was after or before the El game, right? Yeah. Or was that after? Yeah. So, I understand the Almeria had the advantage because they had fresh players. They, they they didn't have, like, all this tired shit. Bro, I bet you Luka Modric was tired as hell. Tony Cruz was tired as hell. Everybody was tired as hell. I, I'm not even going to deny it. But there was, like I said, there was moves. And, yes, on both of those games, it was kind of like pushing towards Real Madrid. Now, just because I'm a Barca fan, but I do see, like I said, I I do see where you're coming from too. But go ahead.
1: No, I, I've I, like I've joked, like I know people are gonna be like, oh, because and of course he's an Astros fan, so he he must What, be a, that, what is it, What is that? No, <laughs> I'm just mean? saying people are like, oh, you know, this guy's all, all 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 like trying to be all like passive about being about being cheating. Look, I'm not I'm not saying that. Like I've said it plenty of times on this on this podcast that I was like. I know that the refs favor Real Madrid. <laughs> I have said that more <laughs> than times than anybody. I've said it. I was like, yeah, the refs definitely helped out on that one. So, like, I, I've never oh, sugarcoated no. about, you know, especially, like, the help that Real Madrid has gotten from the refs. But I also mentioned that Barcelona also does get a lot of help from the referees as well. If anything, the only one from the the, the big three of of uh, La Liga, sorry Spencer, um, from from La Liga is that Atletico Madrid is the one that gets the raw end of the deal because they don't get referee help, um, and, they got it, they got
0: that's where that's where you get Diego Simeone who like literally will actually scream in the refs face and will start doing yeah. the whole DX suck it thing and we'll just he'll go crazy like
1: yeah he, 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 they, you yeah. have to like if you're a referee you just have to worry about the about the Diego Simeone Teyser so i mean yeah, like pretty much dude yes so i mean like i but trust me i and it's not even just like real madrid and barcelona like it's even like even in like the top teams in 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 the english premier league the top teams in serie a like it, Bayern Munich is definitely... Bayern Munich is a whole different other discussion. I don't know who... I don't know what's what's happening there, but...
0: I mean, I feel like Bayern Munich is just... They might as well just name it. Instead of Bundesliga, they should just Bayern Munich League.
1: Well, not, not the way it's going right now so far. No, not right now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, right now, even with the season, even with <clears throat> help, <clears throat> they're still really not
1: doing well. Yeah, so, I mean... Do I think that? Do I really like? Ten, tenfold I had on and off. What well, I don't care what you want to say. Is Real Madrid getting help from the referees? Probably, probably. I mean, they just didn't get caught. I, and I and I've said it. Like I don't like Barcelona with <laughs> Barcelona getting caught on the whole thing for like, you know, paying for paying referees. I'm like I'm sure that they're not the only team. It has been going on for years. Juventus got got heat, uh got got hit with it as well. AC Milan got hit with it as well a few years ago. Like it. This is literally everyone does this. Like it is just plain and obvious. Like I don't argue for it. I don't argue towards it. I don't argue against it because unfortunately there's no one that plays the game cleanly. Even I, I make fun of financial fair play because I think it's a joke because clearly it, it's not. It's not hap- it's, it's not being at least like well done. Like I mean, like they're not protecting it very well. Like Juventus getting caught for financial fair play too, I think was was a crock of shit. Especially when you have teams like Manchester City, that you know went and got the best center back in the game, you know, in, right in front of everybody's eyes. But it's and then like you and I. Oh my god, when we po- when I posted the whole new Ca- when you and me were talking about how like Newcastle hasn't spent anything. Oh, oh my yeah. god! Did our did I get like how many times? I don't know how many messages that I get was. Have you ever heard of financial fair play? And I was like, Have you ever heard of Manchester City? Have you ever heard of Liverpool? Have you ever heard of Real Madrid? Dude,
0: they're, they dude, I'm not even saying their pockets are deep, but I'm pretty sure those contracts Virgil van Dyke, um, Mo Salah, uh, Erling Holland, Phil Faden, all their, their, their recent contract renewals. Uh, what's his name? I can't say Guardio. Guardio? Yeah. The, the the center back you were talking about, I mean, dude, I'm pretty sure Kevin De Bruyne he has a nice hefty contract too, and he hardly has played this past season, but I'm pretty sure that, that that's a hefty contract, and I mean that, that's the thing, those contracts, and then for them to have those those type of players, I'm like, bruh, like that that's insane, and I understand it, um, that when a when a team goes up from a division. They get, like, okay, you get this much money from the league and the sponsors and all this stuff, so it's a big growth, so you can spend it. And then same thing with ownership. Like, you get to spend it. But for some reason, we we, we just don't know why Newcastle hasn't really – and I understand, like, for fair play, but we just haven't seen, besides Isak, like, we haven't seen this – up and coming or, or maybe uh, some big name that's been like...
1: like their biggest purchase recently was Sandra Tanali, but like, yeah, but like I said, I like, and that's not a here or there, but I'm just saying that there's teams that do some shady stuff and I'm not shocked that they do. And I'm not shocked that if my team's involved with that as well, because once again, Fiorentino Perez, that's all I got to say. Um, <laughs> that but punchable face guy. Um, all at the same lovable, time. I, I have lo- I have mixed lo- fe- I have very mixed feelings about about Fiorentina Perez, and and everyone knows that. But uh, but yeah. So um, uh, that's a pretty good overreaction. You definitely got me a little heated from that one. But that's all good. Um, <laughs> uh, so my overreaction is uh, is, you know, it's it's a it's the end of an era, a very special era that me and Edward both have experienced in our in our football and lives um and and now and now we just a new team has now joined the members club of teams that have fired jose moño um uh, oh yeah what a what an era to to end um is he gonna get a job somewhere probably i mean it's jose moño is his game some people are saying oh it's because his tactics are washed it's like
3: Man. I
1: don't think so. It's just like, it's it's the it's the cycle. It's the cycle with Jose Mourinho. He, he's like, put, take, you know, gets control of the team, does what he needs to do, signs players, signs players that he doesn't play. It's, you know, uh, causes controversy at some point. I don't think there was any controversy at Roma. Uh, I mean, there's now going to be a controversy now because Romelu Lukaku was hoping to stay in, in Roma and now without his guy, he's well, now he has to resort to going back to Inter Milan or Chelsea. I don't know. I don't know where he's at, technically. I just know he was at yeah. Roma. But, uh, but yeah, man. Um, but there's a cycle. I think – I don't know. I don't know what's the – I don't know how long he usually lasts in these teams, but I feel like three years is usually a good number for him, um, which I think technically he did do three years at, at Roma. So, yeah. This is pretty much up to, up to where he usually, what he usually does. Um, and like I said, me and Edward can both speak on it because we, we've had team, we've supported teams where Jose Muno managed. Obviously Edward had, uh, had uh, Manchester United. I had Real Madrid. Um, did, was there some good that came out of it? Yeah. Was there some bad? Definitely. Um, but at the end of it all, you know, Jose Muno is Jose Muno and it's, it's one of the things that, you know, we, we love and hate about Jose Muno is just he is who he is. And it's not he's never he will never change. Jose Muno, I think, is definitely a, a guy that um, if his it, I don't know if he's married or not, um, if if he has a family. Uh, but if he if he was with someone and she told him it's either me or football like that, that would be like the most irrelevant question to ever ever ask Jose Muno, because obviously it's going to be football. Um, and I, and I, I thoroughly believe those words when I say that. Um, but yeah, man, Jose Muno, he is no longer with, with, with Roma. Um, he did get offered a job with over in the Saudi league, but, um, I'm just going to say this, I anyway, would tell me if, if you agree or not, I think for the best interest of the Saudi league, I think you stay away from Jose Muno, <laughs> And it's not because of him as a per, like him as a coach or a person, but this man will bash you.
4: No, yeah, he will.
1: So, but he if, will if your league stinks, which I mean, I'm not saying that the Saudi league stinks or not because you know, there. But obviously, now there's a trend now where players are wanting out of of Saudi Arabia. But the last person you want is the guy that like speaks his mind. To, to oh 100, so that's just my opinion, but yeah. So, Jose Munya, man, he is now back in the market for a team. Um, what do you think, Edward? Well, I mean,
4: hmm. I mean, like you said, I mean, it,
0: it's gonna be harder for, for him to find a team, honestly. Uh, oh, I don't think it's gonna he's... be
1: that hard, I don't think it's gonna be that hard at all.
0: Well I don't I don't let me put it this way. I don't think he's gonna go more to the majors. You know what I mean? I don't think he's gonna go to the EPO, La Liga.
1: I disagree. You think you think he's gonna
0: somebody in the in the top top three, top five league? Are you gonna end up getting him somewhere in the UEFA?
1: I think so. I I, I think okay. that Okay it, it, Jose Moyo is the ultimate break glass in case of emergency type of guy. Cause I mean, think about it. When he came to Manchester United, break glass in case emergency. Bring Jose Mourinho. Um, technically, he's the only one to have won you a trophy. So, well, I mean, I guess, I guess now Ten Hag has the uh, Carabao Cup. So, win. Um, but I don't know. Would you rather have the Carabao Cup or the Europa League? I, I'm just, I'm just gonna ask that on that one. Uh, but no, I think that there, I think that there's going to be a team. There's going to be a team that will want to bring in uh Jose Mueño, Especially if things aren't going too well with their current coaching situation. Um will that be in the Serie A? I don't know. It, like right now there's not really like a top team right now that at least like a power power top team right now. Oh well, I guess maybe there's one team. And uh but I just don't. Okay, the reason why I'm not entirely sure that it might it, it would happen is because of the fact that like I don't think Tuchel's doing that bad of a job at Bayern Munich. Um, so I don't think Bayern Munich could be a possibility because, like I said, they're they're only seven points behind Bayer Leverkusen. I think they still have a game at hand. So if if Bayer Leverkusen and Bayern Munich play and Bayern Munich wins that game, that does shorten that get gets them a little bit closer to the top spot for for uh for the Bundesliga, but. I mean, Brissy Dortmund, how happy are they with that current, with their current coach right now? I said some really mean things about him. So, uh, but is Brissy Dortmund desperate enough to bring in a Jose Mueño? That's up to question. But I think that that's, that's, uh, that's, I don't think that they're move They're going to move on from that coach anytime soon. So I, I think that's out of the question. But like, if, if you look at the EPL, so maybe not right now, like, Ending now, right? I don't think there's a team, at least one of the top teams in Europe, that needs Jose Mourinho. But come next season, I think that there's a good possibility that someone, that there's going to be a team that's going to be wanting, uh, wanting the services of Jose Mourinho. Or I mean, Mm -hmm. what if Monaco wants him? Just saying. I think that there's going to be a team. I think there's a team that's going to want Jose Mourinho. Or we could just have the full circle moment of him going back to Porto, which I, I think that'd be pretty cool, too. Um, or I know some people were saying, like, we should bring Jose Mourinho to coach the U.S. Men's National Team, which that would be hilarious. But, uh, I mean, I, at this point, any, I'll take anybody over Greg Berhalter. But I, <laughs> I do think for a fact, I think for a fact that Jose Mourinho will have a job at some point in 2024.
3: Okay. Okay. Uh. So
0: you think he's gonna go to the Bundesliga? Basically, you you basically have a strong inkling he's gonna go to the Bundesliga.
1: I think if if Tuchel doesn't if Tuchel continues to struggle with Bayern Munich, I can see Bayern Munich wanting to want, wanting out with him, and maybe bringing Jose Mourinho. I think if Borussia Bir- Dortmund and Bayern Munich are the two teams that I, I can think of that if they're not happy with their current coaching situation, because I mean both of them are not they are they both Borussia Dortmund and Bayern Munich do not look like what we expect from Borussia Dortmund and Bayern Munich. Um, I would say that maybe there's a team that's willing to, to you know, what uh, I don't know where Newcastle is right now, but like, because Newcastle would be funny. New, if Newcastle got Jose Munoz, I think that would be very hilarious. Um, uh, but or just a, you know, but I think like for me right now, off the top of my head, Boris and Bayern Munich would be two teams that I could think of. Uh, maybe a return to Porto. Um, because I mean, he has returned to a team. I mean, he went back to Chelsea, so he's done that before, or maybe if he's done with Europe, which I once again, I don't think he is. Maybe he maybe he tests out the MLS, but I I don't see that happening. Um, or I don't know if the Portugal team uh the Portugal national team job is available because I'm sure, if anything, he would definitely love to manage Portugal. Um, I mean a lot of the, a lot of Portuguese players are are Jose Muno guys, Uh Cristiano Ronaldo being one of them. But yeah, but like right now there's not a, there's not a team I don't think right now. I think if there if if, two, if Bayern Munich continues to not live up to par, because, I mean, they just lost to Werder Bremen, and that's definitely embarrassing for them. You know, it, I think if the seat gets hotter at Bayern Munich, I can see Josie Jose Munio being, being the first name being called for that job.
3: I can see that. <clears throat> but all right, that's overreactions. So... Oh, wait, you were going to say something? No, I was just thinking, I was like, um, maybe.
4: What about the Chinese
1: League? No, I'm, so, I'm sorry, Europe, Europe, Europe. Chinese Super Europe. League, bro. China Super League is like no one's talking about that league. No one's talking. About... I know. Why do you like? Do you hate Jose Mourinho so much that you just don't want him in a wafer?
0: No, it's not that I don't want him in a wafer. I just feel like he's going to end up looking for that retirement league
3: for himself. He's not. He's definitely not. His resume is too good. You think so?
1: I mean, as long as they don't ask what, what happened when he left, like, why, why'd why you leave? As, as long as they don't no one asks <laughs> to that part. Uh, but, like, when you look at his resume, dude, dude has a really good resume. Yeah, managed he some, he's managed some really good teams. He's won some really important trophies. So, like, and he has a
0: doppelganger out there who's going viral.
1: And, yeah, and he's got that. the doppelganger from Brazil. So, like, yeah, I mean, but and but on top of that, he's—I mean, this is literally the dumbest flex ever. But he's literally the only coach to have won the the UEFA Europa Conference League, the Europa League, and the Champions League.
0: And to, and to have it. To have a uh, tattooed on him.
1: And have a tattooed <laughs> on him. And also be witnessing of a very awkward marriage proposal. So like oh, there's God. a lot of, a lot of great things on that resume that he can he can show off. Just don't mention people why he got fired. Um But you know, the only thing that also you gotta take from it is just now it sucks for Romelu Lukaku because now he doesn't know where he's going because you know, he this guy was hoping to stay at Roma because he would be able to continue because he's a he's a Jose Mourinho guy. Um, yeah. And so like, that was literally the reason why he came to Roma. And now that Roma, you know, fired him. Now it's like, where's he going to go? Is he going to go back to enter or is he going to go to, Ch- I think he's, is he officially with enter or did Chelsea uh, send him back out on loan? I
4: think they
0: probably sent him back out on loan.
1: Yeah, so it it's 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 gonna be an interesting situation there for, for Lukaku as well. But all right, transfers. Transfers. Uh Jordan Harrison becomes the first player to leave the Saudi League. He terminated his contract with Al Etifak and has now joined IX. So he is back in Europe. That is gonna be so weird to see him in that IX jersey, but um but he was one of the first players that you heard a lot of, of him not necessarily being able to he didn't he wasn't a fan of the weather. Um and, and I guess he wasn't
0: also a fan of the customs.
1: Yeah, he wasn't a fan of the customs. Specifically his wife. Um so Yeah. So yeah, now he's now he's in, in, in the Netherlands, so which I feel like that's a complete like one eighty compared to, to 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 Saudi Arabia. Um so
0: I mean, I think that was the point.
1: Yeah, so I think that's it. It just to go to Amsterdam is a it's, it's, it's a complete one hundred and eighty to Saudi Arabia, uh, definitely. Um, so Sergio de Guyon, he actually his loan at Manchester United was terminated, so he went back to Tottenham. But now he is leaving Tottenham to go on loan at Brentford. Um, so. So there's that for him. So
0: I well, I mean he's getting he's getting burned. And that's as a player, that's what you want.
1: No, yeah, definitely he's playing. He's gonna get playing time, but it's just like 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 if you think about it, let's put it this way,
0: and okay, this is kinda like so even though let's put it this way, he's not playing for the for the basically the team that owns him, he's at least getting burned. Unlike you know, Danny Beek who was literally sitting in Manchester United for the longest time, hardly ever getting any burn at all. And they wouldn't even loan him out until basically they had to get rid of him.
1: No, I get that. I'm not saying, I'm not like trying to, I'm not diminishing anything from it. I mean, he got out of Tottenham. That's a win in general for, in my opinion, but, like, too. <laughs> but it's just like, this guy is not getting a chance to really show what he can do. Like, Tottenham went and got him, like, more and more, it seems, like, clear why Real Madrid had no problem letting him go, it is also the other thing, because remember, he was with Real Madrid, um, and then, he, you know, Tottenham, Tottenham offered offered money, and I don't think Real Madrid really uh, fought back for much, so, um, it was, you know, he just wasn't a Real Madrid player, and he, he hasn't really gotten a chance to show what he could really do, um, Hopefully he can do something with Brentford. I think it's a really good situation for him specifically. Uh, but, but yeah. So, Segura on loan again. Which, for it's a good thing. Like you said, he's going to play. And that's that's more important than anything else. Um, continuing on, man. Valentin Barco of Boca Juniors is going to Brighton. Which, I believe that there was a bidding battle between Manchester United and, I think it was Liverpool or Tottenham. Um, we're we're fighting to get the the young Argentine uh, fullback, <laughs> get him in their club, and Brighton goes ahead and gets him. And this is now Brian just doing what they do, which is going to get players for a pretty low fee, I would assume, and then they play with them, they get better, and then they sell them for like a shit ton of money. So Brighton, you know, which is sounds great. about right. It sounds about right. It sounds right under their realm. Uh, Valentín Barco, uh, very highly rated fullback once again, uh, from Boca Juniors. So we'll see what he does at Brighton. Uh, but Brighton doing what they do best, which is getting getting some high potential players and seeing where they end up going after that. So um, I'm not entirely sure if Estupinian is officially fully healthy now, but um, I mean you add that to that to that backline. That's going to be a really interesting backline to watch. Uh, so keep an eye on for some Brighton games. So, another crazy thing that happened. So, Kieran Trippier <laughs> terminated his contract with Newcastle United.
4: Damn. And, and yeah.
1: That's... Now he's joined Bayern Munich.
0: <laughs> Damn. He, he just got – I think he just got tired of uh, – Is
1: Bayern Munich think... just getting any guy that played with, with Harry Kane? Maybe. Because now you got Dyer for some weird reason. Um, and now you got Kieran Trippier. Which I mean, like, dude, how many fullbacks do you fucking need?
3: (laughs) I mean, to be honest,
0: Trippier is actually a pretty damn good fullback though. He
1: is a good fullback, but like I mean you have I mean I understand Alfonso Davis is on the left side and I know that there's rumors that he's not he ha- he's not signing a new contract with them cuz i think that there's there's a lot of rumors of him going to real madrid um i mean Benjamin Pavard i know is not there anymore i could be wrong on that one um but yeah I, it just seems like there's always a lot of fullbacks in bayern munich in my opinion but but Kieran Trippier uh yeah he he he's a uh, he's 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 it's an interesting situation though, because I I thought that he was generally happy at Newcastle. Obviously, he was the captain of Newcastle at one point, um, but I mean, I guess you never really know what's going on. Or maybe it was just he wanted to reunite with with uh, Harry Kane. Um, probably was the other thing. So, but now he's reunited with his boy. So, we'll see what Bayern Munich does now. Do they do that? Do they now have the team that's needed to get closer to to Bayern Leverkusen? I
5: mean.
0: The thing is, I think that's exactly what they're looking for. They're trying to feed Harry Kane, and if you think about it, Trippier is more of that kind of player, where he'll uh, he'll go all the way up, center of the ball, and who's gonna be there?
1: Harry Kane. All right. So there's a a little little update. Um, so we were under the impression that Kyrie and Trippier's uh, contract termination with Newcastle United was finished but apparently it wasn't and apparently he's still with Newcastle United he didn't move to to uh to Bayern Munich so basically all that was for naught but hey I'm sure this makes great uh great material to laugh at us so um just wanted to give you guys an update on the Kyrian Trippier situation yeah definitely All right, Calvin Phillips is joining West Ham United on loan. I don't know if that's official yet, um, but it seemed very strongly that that's what was going to happen. I think Barcelona was going to make an offer, but they didn't. So, obviously, Calvin Phillips, one, should be playing somewhere. Like, it's it's Mm -hmm. very – and I get it that Rodri is there, and you're not going to beat Rodri. Like, you're just not. But like mm. Calvin Phillips is a top quality, okay, maybe not so much a top quality, but now he's a quality defensive, you know, defensive midfielder. Like he's a very good six. Um, and it's just it's just crazy that Manchester City went and post him from Leeds United. Probably also one of the reasons why Leeds just ended up falling apart was was the loss of Calvin Phillips as well. Aside um, aside from other things that also happened with them, but like. For him to go to Manchester City and just not play. There was points where I forgot that he was even on the team. In
0: Manchester City, yeah. yeah.
1: So, one, it's great that he's going to be able to play. He's going into West Ham United, which I think is a really good situation for him. Um, and, I mean, once again, England's potential six, is, in my opinion, uh, is, is going to get regular minutes, which is what you want, especially going into the Euro.
4: Yeah, I mean,
3: maybe he just,
0: you really think, uh, okay, so him or Declan Rice, what do you
1: think? I mean, I'll take Declan, definitely Declan Rice. Yeah, see,
0: see, see, so I mean.
1: (laughs) But you still need him to play, like he's going to come in, you know, he still has to come in the bench. Yeah, true,
0: true.
1: I mean, but who else is in that midfield? I mean, Jude Bellingham, Declan Rice.
0: Well, Jude Bellingham's more of an attacking mid. It's still Rice the is fucking midfield. Center.
1: I said midfield.
0: Yeah, but I'm I'm over here thinking like the yeah. exact same position as
1: <laughs> him. I'm not talking about CDMs. I'm talking about the midfield as a whole. <laughs> uh, it's like who's – Jesus Jesus Christ. Edward. All right, uh, Jude Bellingham and, and, and Declan Rice, I would assume, is so far – Who's that Who's that third guy in the midfield for, for England? I, I really don't keep up with England, to be honest. Um,
4: uh, now, if they say James Milner, I'm just going to be like, well, no.
1: Definitely should not be James Milner. Um, trying to think of English midfielders. I mean, Phil Foden technically could go there. They always put him in the left wing. Yeah, that's the, that's the, that's the whole pitch of it all. Um but then again you have Jaden Sancho and, and Bukayo Saka now, so and then
0: you also have Marcus Rashford. Who oh, he plays in the wing sometimes.
3: Yeah, I don't think we're gonna see much of him. Yeah. Alright, English national team.
4: What was the last roster they had?
1: Last row. This is great. Wait,
0: podcasting. what about what about what about, no no no? What about about that young kid, the one from Arsenal, the one you were all Curtis uh, Curtis Jones? No, um, not Curtis Jones. Uh, Smith blah, blah, blah. Rowe. There you go, Smith Rowe. Dude has Smith not Rowe. been playing. <laughs> okay. Well, I you mean, know, I'm just saying.
1: So their last, their um, last. Oh, uh, they, I guess they they do like a a dual eight thing because they had Trent, Trent Alexander Arnold. In the in the midfield. What? Yeah, I mean that was the North Macedonia game, so I don't, I don't think that one should count. Uh, Let us see.
0: Yeah, I think they were just trying out. Hey, can you think you can play this game? Yeah,
4: sure. Yeah.
1: No, I mean I've been seeing I've been seeing Trainer Alexander Arnold play more in the, in that in that side. Oh yeah, I mean there's there's Jordan Harrison, but I don't think that that they're going to call him anymore.
3: I no, mean, they really
1: have been using Alexander all in the midfield. Connor Gallagher. Well, yeah, I don't think he's getting.
4: No, but uh, now that he's in uh, Ajax, they might use him.
1: Yeah, but not as a starter. I mean, starter. they could use
4: him. Yeah, I mean, he'll come in, burn. Um, or maybe Hart can let, let uh, what you call it, Calvin Phillips come in later
1: on. So you would have a midfield of Declan Rice, uh, Jude Bellingham, Jude Bellingham, and and Jordan Henderson.
3: Yeah, it doesn't sound too bad.
1: I mean, I guess it depends. It. Well, I mean, I I'd rather use Phil Foden in that in that midfield, especially with, with the options I have on wing in the wings. Um, especially the way it looks like. Uh, it looks like, Jay Sanchez got his groove back. Yeah. So, we'll, we'll see anyways um, and then the last transfer news um, Andres Guardado is leaving Europe he is no longer the captain of Real Betis um, he is set to return to Mexico and play for Club León which I think that Atlas you missed a prime opportunity to bring back your king um, or your prince your prince yeah, I I I can't believe that. This, like I I I understand that league on ec- is, like there's literally no loyalty. <laughs> there's like zero loyalty in that league. But like come on man, this is when I think of when I think of Andres Guardado, I think of Atlas. And and so Yeah. Like it's just it's just it just baffled me that like he didn't end up going back to Atlas, like, I think that would have been so cool to see I mean, him back with that He
0: he might, he might, I mean, he might just play one year with Leon, and then later on he might be like, I want to do my retirement year with
1: Atlas. I mean, maybe. That's the thing, though. Maybe. Maybe, maybe and, that's and then, that possibility.
0: And, and that's the thing with the Mexican football, too. Like, they'll they'll allow you to do that. Like, their players, they allow them to do that. Like, they're like, okay, yeah, sure. Like, one more year. You know, they'll go Dude, ahead and they'll, have
1: I mean, They'll loan at, you to your rival. Yeah, yeah. Or friggin' Bringing, uh Tigres and Club America, they're like literally a a the, the, a center back from Tigres was loaned out to America.
3: So, oh yeah.
1: So I mean, like, yeah, the, the league of America is a weird league, but like, I don't know. I just feel like it would have been cooler to see him in an Atlas uniform than than Club León. I mean, Club León has some really nice jerseys. He's not saying anything, especially especially with that Call of Duty Charlie uh, collaboration. That they just dropped. Oh uh, yeah, those those jerseys are sick. Uh, maybe maybe one day I'll buy one of those. Um, but <laughs> but yeah, nah, dude. Yeah, Club León. I mean, Club León's obviously a really good team. Maybe Atlas. Maybe right now it's not looking that great in Atlas. Um, I mean, I haven't really heard much from them since they won the back to back year, the back to back, uh, the the Apertura and in the same in the same cycle. So I mean, maybe 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 that's the reason why. I mean, Club León is always a, a team that does pretty well in Liga MX as of recently, um, so maybe that maybe there's that reason to it. But yeah, it just feels weird to see him not in in the Atlas uniform. But you know, it's gonna be an amazing reception that he's gonna get probably at every stadium because it is Andres Guardado. So yeah, a really good player, a player that I really enjoy watching. Um, as a even as an American and and a Salvadorian, like. Probably one of my favorite players to watch from from Mexico. Um, So that yeah, but he's back in Liga Mekis. He is done with Europe. Uh, But what a time for him in Europe, man. Definitely a a good a good representation of what Mexican players can do uh, overseas. And I think he he, he's definitely that 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 definitely that great representation. Because I mean, when he left to go and play for I think it was Deportiva Cortuna. La Coruna. Coruña. Coruña. Right? I don't know why I don't know these names. They're well, they're they're definitely not in League Two anymore. <laughs> in La Liga Two. No, they're yeah, I know. But uh they fell off real bad. Um but but yeah, man, I mean like as soon as he came to Europe he he never went back. And I think, you know, he was very he was viewed and not, not just come like it's not like he would just hang on the bench, which is what happens with especially with a lot of these American and and the Mexican and, you know, all these players from CONCACAF, because there's obviously that disrespect for CONCACAF. Um, but he was playing. I mean, shoot, the fact that he was the captain of Raul Betis is just, and it, it kind of like, uh, so, Edward, you can tell me if, if I'm off on this, but I think Andres Guardado, his relationship with, with Raul Betis is going to be one of those strong relationships that for years to come where he can go, he can go to Sevilla, Whenever he wants, and he he's gonna be given that that I would say red carpet treatment, but let's be honest, it's gonna be that green carpet treatment over there in Real Betis, kind of yeah. similar to what, uh, Mahiko Gonzalez has with with Cadiz.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Cause they Cadiz loves Majico. and oh, yeah. so I can see that the people around Bet- the the fans of Real Betis like having that same in love and admiration for for Guardado as well.
0: Yeah, I, I can see that. I can
3: see that.
1: So yeah. So, what a career for Gordado. Can't wait to see him back in Liga MX for sure. Uh, but all right, uh, Edward. So we do have one headline. So we'll we'll knock it out. And so this is we, we gotta talk about your boy, Edward.
0: <laughs> oh, here we go.
1: I don't. Need, well, maybe it's not your boy. He was also, he was kind of technically my boy as well because I kind I did hope Onana was gonna join Arsenal way before all the shit that happened to him happened. But anyways, but we dodged that bullet because now we have, I don't know, is either David Raya or Aaron Ramsey. I have no fucking idea.
3: <laughs>
1: it's one of those guys. Uh, but, <clears throat> but Andre Onana. So there was a lot of controversy with Onana because he, so, yeah, obviously he's going to play for, he, the plan was for him to play for Cameroon for the African Cup of Nations. Um, before the African Cup of Nations, Manchester United had a match against Tottenham. In was it the FA Cup or the Carabao Cup? Um, it was a tournament. It was a tournament match. Just know that that's that's the only thing that really matters. Okay. Um, but they had he had they had a match against Tottenham, and so on, on Andre Onana request asked asked permission from Cameroon if it would be okay for him to play that match and then he'll fly immediately after uh, to to meet up with the Camero, the, the Cameroon national team, which Cameroon gave him permission. So I just want to say this before we start anything. They gave him permission to do it. Like, Cameroon could have just said, no, we need you here to train, with, to get ready with the team. So essentially right. what happened was Andre Donna was going to play against, match, uh, play against Tottenham and immediately after that game was going to fly out to the ivory coast to meet up with his team and be there be there to play the opening match for Cameroon that was the plan and he was given permission to go through with this plan so i just want to okay. say that before we go even further with it
0: so he was given so he basically was he was given permission
4: by um the
0: Cameroon he was getting permission by to, by Cameroon to stay at Manchester United instead of him instead of him being shipped off before said
1: game. Yeah. So, but okay. once again, they're they're they cool with it. So immediately after the Tottenham game, and I mean we saw it because it was all over social media, he gets on a private jet and flies straight to the Ivory Coast. The thing that happened was there was some issues where he couldn't necessarily land in the in the city that his team was going to play in so he had to land in a different location and then had to drive over to to where the team was so because of all that because of all of that he got there late um and he he got there late but he was he felt that even though he didn't didn't necessarily have trained with the team and didn't do any of the film study or anything like that that you do for pre-match uh preparation for the match he felt that he would still once he gets there he's still going to have that starting position between the sticks um that didn't happen for the because he was late he was on the bench and actually Fabrice Ondoa uh got the start who I believe plays in the third division in French football um also I think they're like long-distance cousins as well so small world. Oh for real? Yeah. So Fabrizio Ndor got the start of that game and um you know, every, you know everyone was he I guess it was he gave off some vibes that it was clear that he was not happy with that decision. Once again, you and I get that like you got permit like I'm fine with the permission part like you you were under some certain circumstances that got you there later than what you thought you were going to get there. To the Ivory Coast to be with your team, that it, it it happens. It's life. You know, we all deal with delays. We all deal with, you know, obstacles that happen, especially during travel. I think the part where I'm I'm kind of like off with him is, you thought that like even though you got there maybe like a little bit before, like the night before. I I don't know when exactly he got there, but I'm assuming it was the night before. You have done zero prep work with the team you have done basically you're 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 actually saying that you would, you're still the best goalkeeper on the team with zero preparation for that first match
0: yeah that's uh that's tough honestly like he didn't prep no training basically you're playing let's put it this way you're playing cold you're not warmed up you haven't done like the proper Goalkeeper, you know, stretches, training, what have you, the the night or the day before. Um, You are you're not relaxed. Your mindset is probably out of whack at that point. Um, You're not well rested. Um, So, yeah, you have a lot of things going against you, even though you may be the best goalkeeper for that national squad. Maybe, like I said, maybe it's just a lot of things. I'm pretty sure that the coach took into consideration besides the fact that he was late.
1: So yeah, so that first match again uh, for the opener for the African Cup of Nations was a one-one draw against Guinea. Um, so there was a lot, like I said, there was he, you know, so it was clear that he wasn't happy with with the decision, and so he uh, he spoke to the media. He spoke, but not really spoke to the media. If that makes any sense, and this is the quote that he had: "I have a lot to say." But I will not say it here because we are in competition. Let me continue to be criticized. I am used to it. I do what is good for my country. It's like choosing between my father and my mother, but my country comes first. That's why I'm here. We are all together. We are here to win. Okay. This has to be like the most douchiest thing I've ever heard in my life, by the way. Well, maybe it's not the douchiest thing, but like for... I'm not gonna say. I got a lot to say, but I'm not gonna say. The pettiest, the pettiest, the pettiest. pettiest. How about that? doucheous,
0: but the pettiest. He's just being petty.
1: Let me continue. Be criticized. I'm used to it.
0: I mean, you know, you know, you know the saying: like, if you don't have something nice to say, don't say anything at all. So, just don't say anything at all.
1: Also, it's it. Apparently, like some people don't like that. one? There's a lot of people that are fans of like of the Afcon that. Feels that he's being disrespectful to Cameroon and and the and the tournament because of the fact that he kept the private jet here so that in case Cameroon does get eliminated, he could just hop on the private jet right away and then fly back to Manchester, because I'm sure Manchester uh, United is going to be beaming to get him back. Um. So, <laughs> but I think I, I think that like I don't think that this is necessarily like a a a negative thing. I mean he's one if he has a private jet like cool like all right he has one so like i don't think that necessarily like him showing disrespect i mean what the the tournament's only going to be almost a month long so i mean why not just have the private if anything the guy that's flying the private jet at least knows he he can chill a little bit before he has to like fly again so i mean yeah and explore africa so i mean i don't i think if i'm the pilot i think this is kind of a win for me um I get to go somewhere that I've never been to, and I can just chill till this guy's done playing soccer. So I mean, I don't think that I don't think that the whole keeping the jet here just in case they get eliminated, which I mean, eventually they have to go back. Um, yeah, so,
0: eventually.
1: So I'm not necessarily thinking that that's like a jab. I know people are saying that like it's disrespectful that he said that he felt that like he would be good to. I mean. I think if, if everything would have came according to plan, like that he actually landed it, like landed directly at where he needed to be to go to the hotel, I think he would have been playing the first game. I, I think that, yeah. I, I say I, I say that with full confidence. I think he would have been playing. If if everything went according to plan, that that's how it went down. But the, the issue is just the fact that this guy, like, even though he shows up late, and you have Fabrice Ondoa who has been To every training session, because he he didn't. I mean, mind you, he plays Division Three, you know, in France. So I mean, you know, take it with a grain of salt. But at the same time, like this guy's been here from day one of preparation for the tournament, and and so he he he's he's got he's done the work. He he knows what what the team is going to be doing in the match, at least the, the preparation for it. He knows what to look for from Guinea. So logically. I mean, I think any coach would think like this. Logically, you would go with that guy because Andre Onana hasn't gotten that chance to watch film, especially when we're talking about goalkeeper, which is a pretty important position in in the game. Um, you would want that guy to at least have had his his like film work observations of what the opposing team does. So, I think that the, I don't I I don't think that necessarily would. I think that this was gonna happen, especially with that fact. I think if it was the other way around, where he got there and he got there at the date that he was supposed to that we wouldn't be talking about this but because of all that went down and you have Fabrice who has studied has trained has prepared he's ready to go i mean like, i think obviously logic tells you to play, to start that guy and it worked out cuz it was a 1-1 draw i mean he gave up one goal but it you didn't lose the game yep. and and i would i would argue i would say like onana would have had a stronger argument had he done well in the next game? Because he did start the next game, which was a 3-1 loss to Senegal. Damn. Yeah.
0: I mean, like, like I said, what, uh, what day was the next game? Like, how many days of rest after the first game against Guinea?
1: Uh, Guinea was January 15th, mm-hmm. and Senegal was January 19th. So, like, four days. Four days. Within, okay. Within a week.
0: Okay, so let me let me put it this way too. Um, the thing is, Onana basically was already on those bad vibes. Like he was already feeling like that pettiness, that uh, like basically, oh, they, I, I didn't play the first game, and so I'm pretty sure he's ba- basically basically saying, I didn't play the first game, so this is probably why we lost the second game. Like you know, he's just, he's he's basically feeling like oh you know i'm the keeper to have around so i should have been the one to start in the first game and i'm not warmed up yet from actual competition so that's why we are not winning like that's that i think that's his vibe mm-hmm. and that's the reason why they lost because i'm pretty sure he was not his footing wasn't right his footing wasn't right is. His warm up wasn't right. Everything wasn't right. Like he feels like he should have been the first one, and I think he was riding on that first game on all of the negativity, and it it affected him in the second game. So I wouldn't be surprised if they would choose the other goalkeeper and not Onana, like. And then after that, we'll see what happens. But for now, uh, I mean, and, and and plus, I mean, you got to think about it. You got Guinea, and then but then you got Senegal. Senegal is, is I think it's more of a powerhouse
4: team than than is.
1: No, I, I agree to that. I think, uh, especially if you if you I mean, if you want to prepare for Senegal, you have to do a lot more work because that that team is in fact a powerhouse. And I'm not yeah, saying I'm not, and I'm not saying that as a as a way to suck up to to Musa, in, in any ways as he, <laughs> he's from Senegal.
0: Well, oh probably, no, it's uh, not I
1: mean you I, could say, saying, I mean I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Um but I'm not do, wrong, bro. I, I do think Andre Onana will start the next game. Uh because I mean let let's be honest, Senegal Senegal was gonna was clear of, of Cameroon and it wasn't even it wasn't like no I don't think anybody was betting on Cameroon against Senegal. And that's just cause yeah. Senegal, I think, is just a a clear better team right now in, in Africa. Um but I do think in the because the next game will be Gambia. Obviously, by the time that this episode drops, they've already played. Um, but I do think that that's and especially because right now Cameroon is is in third place with with a draw and a loss. So right now, because uh, obviously, if you guys don't know in Afcon, it is the the winner and the runner up that automatically qualifies. For the knockout round and then the four best third place teams and and so right now if Cameroon can somehow shit out a win they definitely guarantee themselves a spot in the in the knockout rounds um so i do think that that on andre onana will still be starting will be starting against against uh gambia and the reason why is because obviously He's he's your he's your best goalkeeper. Like no offense to, to Fabrice. Um, but you know it's Andre Onana. Um, y- y- especially when this is this is now a knockout game for them. Like it, yeah. it's win or go home. Like there's no there's no to to guarantee yourself in into the round of sixteen. You have to win against Gambia. So I think that they're going to make sure that they have their best out there. And once again, no offense to Fabrice Ondoa, but. Your best is Andre Onana, so he's going to play the game. Um, I think that you know, obviously they they gave him this bad villain role because obviously he chose, and, and I'm I'm just saying more so as the media because obviously he chose to stay with his with his club Manchester United over getting there on time and prepare with his team, and, and I get that that's also. But I think th- this is where I I kind of wish the league would recognize these tournaments like because mind you the asian cup is also happening right now and premier league and all the other leagues are still playing yeah so like for me like i and like i don't know maybe you know i think asia maybe i i don't know where the thought process is maybe like summer wasn't going to be ideal over in africa and asia but like yeah, this the fact that this tournament's in January is kind of kind of rough. Um, because I mean, the the worst part now is that these players are gonna go to this tournament, and I'm not. This isn't me taking a jab at at Afcon or or the Asian Cup by any means. I I still think that this is a great tournament, and if you guys haven't been watching it, please watch it because it's it's a lot of fun. Um, but like I think with the fact that now Afcon and Asian Cup is now in played in January. That like I feel like the leagues have to try to find a way to maybe push push up push up matches or and I I really don't want to do that because obviously we're congesting now the schedule more than it needs to be. Um but this is why we have this issue where there's so there's too many matches being played. Um in in general. But like I'm not I'm not gonna fault Andre Onana for wanting to stay with Manchester United. Because I mean at the end of it all, he did get approved. He got permission to do this. So, I mean, like, um, I think I think his response to all this is what is not great for me. You know, yeah. the, the whole I have a lot to say, but I won't say it. Like, you're causing f- – Like I said,
0: like, that, you're he's trying- just causing
1: frenzy for no reason. Exactly.
0: Because at the end of the day, like you said, they're going to end up picking him to be the, you know, starting goalkeeper for the next game more than likely.
1: Yeah. So, and, and I mean, and, and and at the same time, Andre Onana, like he he put himself in this situation. Like, it, it, instead of just going going straight to Afcon, like most of the other players did, um, did Manchester United have some influence on it? I don't know. I really don't know. I don't. I don't think they did. Um, but I know that there was a lot of resistance for some of these teams that were like. I really don't want you to go play this tournament, blah blah blah. I I know that there's some people there. There's, there there was some resistance. I know for a fact that there was, but I don't think that this was one of those cases. Um, but at the same time, man, like, uh, and I mean, like I said, you know, he made the decision. He accepted it. The only thing is that you can't blame a guy for going through what he went through, which was dealing dealing with all these un- unseen circumstances that prevented him from getting there on time, because once again, he had to land in a different place had to drive over to where the team was and by that time the team, you know that that's where he, it was too late the, you know like i said none of the, none of this is in any way i'm blaming him for because it happened um the thing was, was just how he responded to uh to being benched that's the only thing that i have a yeah. problem with um but now he's playing apparently now he's smiling apparently that's that's a good sign that he's happy which I feel like that, that you can say that with anybody. Um but but you know, we'll see what happens with with, with uh Cameroon as they take on Gambia. Hopefully, when me and uh Musa preview uh recap the the group stages, we'll be able to say that, you know, Cameroon is going on to the next round because I'm sure if he hops on his jet, it's going to be even more ridiculousness. So yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll see how we'll see, we'll, we'll see what happens with, with Onana. But, Edward, anything you want to say before we move on from this topic?
0: Uh, no, I mean, we we kind of already set our pieces, and I mean, like I said, it was just I think he was just having that petty moment where he was just like, Man, uh, he wants to say, but of course, he's not going to say, even though technically already kind of said it already,
3: you know, yeah. It's, a, so, I mean, it's,
0: it, it's, it's, it is what it is. It's it's done. Basically it's done. So you can't really take that back about, Oh,
4: I want to say something, but I'm not going to say it. It's already done. It's already out there.
1: Yeah, exactly. I agree. But all right. So we're going to go ahead and take a break. You guys are going to go straight into uh, my interview with, with uh four-time MLS cup champion, uh, Eddie Robinson um, and we'll take a break and then you'll hear uh, me and Musa talk AFCON and then you'll hear finally me and Edward back when we do our players of the week segment. So, Uh, but right now get ready to listen to Eddie Robinson interview. I really got to say it was a fun interview to do. Uh, Eddie Robinson is definitely uh, really fun. Hopefully Um, I will say this. Um, so Eddie Robinson was unfortunately called uh to do a job um for where he works at and so uh I he he said he was fine with doing it in his car in his vehicle so that's uh so if the, if you if you see like any issues with the connection I did try to fix up the uh, fix up as edit as much as I can so so that way it's not as you know rough to listen so but aside from that the what we did get it was a really good interview um hopefully you know we can bring him back on to talk more talk more football with him um cuz the guy knows a lot about the game and so hopefully we could bring him on again you know maybe when he's when he's able to be inside of his home and talk talk football but it was a really great interview nonetheless uh, uh hopefully we can bring him back on another time to to talk more football cuz it was really a lot of fun for me but So we'll go right into it. Uh, Enjoy the interview with Eddie Robinson.
0: Righteous Felon Kraft Jerky is the official jerky of Belly Up Sports. For over a decade, Righteous Felon Kraft Jerky has led the American meat snack revolution by concocting delicious, adventurous, U.S.-sourced jerky recipes for uncompromising carnivores across the country. With 15 different flavors to choose from, Righteous Felon has all jerky lovers covered, and by using promo code BELLYUP, You will get 15% off your purchase at RighteousFelon.com. Do your taste buds a favor today and rip into
1: a bag of Righteous Felon jerky. Uh, What's up, guys? So we do have a special interview. You guys know when I started FC, I've had a list of everybody that I've wanted to have on since I started it, and I get to check off another name off that list. And, of course, we have four-time MLS Cup champion... uh, (laughs) a National Soccer Coaches Association, American, -American, All-American, MLS All-Star, was on the MLS Best 11 for 2007 and a member of the North Carolina Soccer Hall of Fame, and that is, of course, one Eddie Robinson. Thank you so much for coming on.
2: Wow, quite the introduction. I very much appreciate that, but those are long in the past. Do not put me on a soccer field anymore.
1: (laughs) That's fine. Don't have me and Edward on it either. (laughs) but that it's awesome obviously it's an honor to have you on here uh but obviously first question we always ask everybody that we comment on the show and it is what exactly got you into soccer
2: um all right before i answer that i must apologize i am in the car i had some uh work come up last minute uh so i hope everybody can bear with me and it'll be okay um what got me into soccer well I don't think it was one individual thing. When I was a kid, I lived in one of those neighborhoods that you see in a lot of movies where every other house has got a brother and a sister, a brother and a brother, a sister and a sister. And we had probably 15 to 20 kids. Um, And we lived on this dead end road that had two cul-de-sacs
4: off it. So there were just tons of kids and plenty of places to play. So we would play
2: baseball, we would play basketball, we'd play tag football, we'd play soccer, we'd play uh, street hockey, but only when it was cold, even though we didn't need it to be cold to play street hockey for some reason, we waited for it to get cold uh, in North Carolina. And I tried basketball, didn't really like the organizational part of it, tried football, actually, and... The very first day I was out there, not only did the coach spell my name wrong and put it on a piece of tape on my helmet, but he was grabbing me by my face mask. And this is peewee, you know, I was eight years old and, and was yelling at me, shaking the face mask and yelling at me, Roberson, Roberson, that's not what you do. And I was like, sorry, coach, I've never played organized uh, soccer or football before. So I went home, I told my parents. I'm not doing this, this is ridiculous. The next week, the coach is calling my parents, hey, he's the fastest guy we got, he's the only one that can tackle, what do I gotta do to get him out of here? Like, I, I, I don't want to. So my parents signed me up for soccer and I took to it immediately and I enjoyed it and I was very competitive and just based on playing all of the different sports in an unorganized fashion with the kids in my neighborhood, you help develop just a certain level of athleticism that goes to help with soccer um so i played pretty much every level starting at rec soccer going up through the club stuff um odp for those that are old enough to know what that is and then eventually on to college and and professional but when really what got me is is just how competitive it was how much fun it was And the rest is history, I guess.
1: So, for obviously, you know, the big talk has been soccer capitals. Um, And I think Greg Berhalter kind of started that with St. Louis. Um, And, you know, we have these regions that, you know, Florida, New Jersey, that have been able to bring out a lot of soccer talent uh, to the U.S. Um, But I think a lot of people sleep on North Carolina. Uh, For someone, I grew up, I actually lived in North Carolina for five years when I was serving in the Marines. Um, and so what? I I got to ex- got to see the soccer culture in North Carolina. Um, yep. uh, is what is it that everybody's sleeping on North Carolina when it comes to to the soccer culture over there?
4: It's small and it's not sexy. Everybody thinks North Carolina. They think, it's in the mountains and beach bums at the beach, and kind of forget about the middle of the state, Charlotte, Raleigh, Greensboro, where you get a lot of the, the better players come from. Um, there's there's obviously a lot of guys Eddie Poe, Greg Burhalter himself went to the University of North Carolina uh, I was I spent every year for the first three months of my life in North Carolina uh, there were some really good coaches and there wasn't a lot of competition so coaches weren't bouncing around trying to collect the paycheck The really good coaches had the three best jobs, which was Raleigh-Charlotte. It wasn't all about, let's just win. Let's just win. Where in Houston, you have more clubs than you can count. I I have absolutely no clue. There's got to be probably a hundred and three in the Houston area. So there's tons of money and a lot of coaches do it for the wrong reasons. But it didn't bring a problem. And... Something I think that's very underrated about North Carolina is cultural diversity. It's very diverse in North Carolina. So you have a lot of people who are fans of the game who the keeps getting better with more and more on television. But I really do believe that the leadership there, the coaching leadership especially, is something that's been really impressive for a very long time.
1: So obviously you get you get drafted to the San Jose Earthquakes um when after a good a good career in, in in the University of North Carolina uh for you as as soon as you got drafted in was there was there a player uh, on in that locker room that kind of took uh took you under their wing uh as a mentor as a
4: mentor well I- Troy Dyak, who was
2: also a center back, he had a lot of the same character traits as me. Very aggressive, very mean. Um, once he steps on the field, he doesn't care who you are,
4: if you're friends or not. He wants to win and he wants to crush you. And that was, that was mean. So I got a lot from him. But then you had Jeff Bakus, who's kind of the opposite end of the spectrum. Very level-headed, very cerebral. Jimmy Conrad, the same
2: way. Um, in the
4: midfield,
2: Ronnie Eklund was one of the most underrated players I've ever uh, ever come across. You had Landon Donovan, Manny Lagos, Dario Gros. A lot of these names, a lot of uh, your fans are probably not, haven't heard of
4: before, but these guys were just, you know, Mark Chung is another one. And then later on, you had Carter Clark and Brad Davison. What I loved about those teams is, Everyone in their own way was a mentor to all of the young guys. We policed our own locker room. Dominic Kinnear didn't need to. If you weren't performing every single day in training, every single Saturday night, if you weren't absolutely busting your tail every day to be the best player on the field, the hardest working player on the field, you heard about it from teammates. You didn't have to wait and hear about it from coaches. And that's why I believe we were so sick. Successful for as long as we were is, is just because we held each other accountable. Just don't Really don't, especially what hurts me. As soon as the final whistle blows, I turned games off because we've got too many guys that are on the league team that are smiling, laughing, talking with their opponents. We couldn't get to the locker room fast enough to throw things, screaming, and yelling and cuss words in the vicinity because we were so disappointed. And the it's the greatest thing it was like that in training too. If we lost a small-sided game, we were 80. Don't talk to me again. And that part of the competitive nature of the game has been lost on a lot of the younger players now. I think a lot of that has to do with with the money that they're making versus what we made. The amount of social media uh, that there is versus when we were playing. There, there are a lot of factors go into it. But you know, as far as mentors, I think every player that was older than me and that had been around town in MLS and prior to MLS, uh, they had their own way of giving me something. And I was very grateful uh, for all of the teammates that I had and for all the fun times we had. And gosh, there's some stories I can't tell on here, but just made that bond I probably.
1: Yeah, that's pretty cool. So you actually had to go through a very unique situation where, obviously, you got, you guys were San Jose Earthquakes, and then come two thousand six, you're moving to Houston, and and now you're a, you're a player for the Dynamo. Um, what was that transition like? Was that something that you guys were knowing were going on in, in in the behind the scenes, or did they just hey, guess what? We're moving to Houston. We we knew we, all
3: we
4: heard were rumors. We knew what the public. That wasn't made uh, known to us in the locker room, around the team. We weren't sure. We had, like, like I said, we had proof that it might be that it's possible that it may happen. Uh, <clears throat> then when it did, full credit to Phil Anschutz, the Anschutz group, who also owned the LA Galaxy at the time. Um, they made that transition as easy as possible. They got, uh, they, helped, they flew in all the married couples, engaged couples, to come down for a weekend, for a long weekend prior to the team actually moving here and preseason starting. So we could start the process of looking for houses, looking for schools for our kids, maybe getting to know the areas of Houston a little bit. And then when time came to move, they took care of every expense, every single expense that was necessary and made the transition amazing, absolutely amazing. And we knew that it was a job, This, this, this could happen again. You could be traded the next day and it, it was just instead of a trade, it was the entire team. And the fact that our team was so close and the wives so close, we had a support system. Um, all of us did. In, in in that transition, in getting to know the area, in having friends, family, and people, if we needed help with something, we had plenty of people to help us. So uh, I I I I didn't mind the move one bit. It was very simple and very clean, very smooth. I will say the biggest disappointment uh, of all of it was. The first time we went back to San Jose, all that we had done for that city, as far as MLS, Fox goes,
3: post the,
4: uh, the quakes, the original quakes, um, we were treated very, very poorly by most of their fan They were calling us names, yelling at us. I didn't expect for them to root for us, but, you know, more warm-up, maybe just a clap, maybe a welcome back kind of thing, but they were awful they were awful and from that point on I had it, it's taken me years to get out of that because we really did care about that city. We really did care about that. And the success that we had after you know Dom and Frank Gallup came in and the team was the worst in the league a year prior and the trades that they made, the players they brought in, um, it, it it deserved it deserved a better reception
1: than what we received from those fans. yeah um i uh, uh, yeah i mean it's a, it, that the whole situation was unfortunate i think what i what at least that i liked that they did was obviously the history of the San Jose earthquake stayed with San Jose it wasn't like you know the Houston Dynamo kept the other you know those two MLS cups from them as well but um uh, you know and there's a, a lot of people that always heckle the Dynamo fans that you know the first two MLS cups in the in the team's history uh that's technically it belongs to San Jose you know which for if you're a Houston sports fan you you get the you're 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 considered Asterix City at some point because of you know the world series is considered an Asterix. even the the rockets back-to-back championships cuz you know they didn't have to face My- Michael Jordan um but what is your thoughts on uh, on that specific one that the, the the two MLS cups that you guys did win when you guys first came to Houston uh do you believe uh, that I no i
4: think it's laughable that Anybody, any fans, any players, anyone affiliated with San Jose Earthquake think they have any rights to wear their stars on the check. Uh, I think that's fine. Um, if you don't want to put them all ours, okay, fine. But nobody in San Jose, is where um, if anybody does, does, but you can't just get the guys left. One, because there's no more of those guys left. So, that's uh, I, I I can see the argument on both sides. The, uh, the, the one that outweighs that outweighs the other. Certain those are Houston. Those are ours. Uh, they're not San Jose, and that's too bad. I don't know. I wish I knew more about the circumstances surrounding that decision to leave uh, a team in San Jose because even when we were successful from '01 to '05 that that, uh, the attendance wasn't so great at San Jose State first. So I was a bit surprised because MLS was making its moves, starting its moves to the markets where they knew they would get good attendance and start helping teams make money, help teams make money, improve television uh, contracts, get more games on TV, work towards making it a mainstream sport, which I believe 100% it is now in the United States. That's not easy to do when you have those other sports. So, um, I I have four championships and I am a Houston Dynamo player. I'm not a San Jose earthquake player, but they are doing San Jose, I will say, San Jose is doing a uh, 50th anniversary celebration this summer and I am going to attend that if possible. My plan is to attend that, be a part of it, because at the end of the day, it is the history of soccer in the United States. There's a lot of very rich history there.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I I don't think you can talk about MLS history without the San Jose, uh, your, your your periods, San Jose earthquakes, uh, for sure. Um, obviously, you, you've had this amazing career going into the MLS, you, you know, you obviously recognize being a member of the North Carolina Soccer Hall of Fame, um, being that physical presence in, in that back line. Uh but obviously, you know, there's always there always there always that moment that you understand that it's it's kinda of time to move on from the game. And for you, what was that uh essentially for you where it was time to hang it up?
3: Um
4: well there was there was no individual moment. It was a compilation of things where I realized that my, my career was coming to an end. And you have to be opportunistic
2: in Major League Soccer. I think if anybody can tell you that, it's Taylor Twelman, given, you know, unfortunately, I hate that Taylor Twelman didn't win an MLS Cup and it ended his, had to end his career early with 99 goals because of his concussion issues. But look what he's turned that into. And I felt that I didn't want to miss the boat on that. And Chris Kennedy was uh, kind enough to offer me a couple different jobs with uh, the Houston Dynamo. I was one as club ambassador. So I did a lot of public speaking, um, charity events, that kind of stuff. Uh, he and James Clarkson offered me the assistant director's position for the Dynamo Youth Academy. I did that for a little while, and then uh, obviously the television, which I did for 11 years, Uh, the broadcast, and that was a lot of fun. Uh, Well over 300 games, and that's something I thoroughly enjoyed. So I I wanted to make sure that I took those opportunities because I needed to make sure that I'm looking at my future and not just the present, and that's something a lot of professional athletes don't do. They can't see the forest through the trees It's just right then and there. and You really need to be able to look at the next year, the next five years, the next 10 years.
1: When, when you did try on different hats uh, after your retirement, what would you say was probably the, the tougher transition? Was it the coaching side or, or was it more so going into commentary?
2: Oh, it's definitely the coaching side. The, the commentary side, everyone thinks you just need to know the game. Well, you need to know how to present the game because a lot of guys nowadays and I'm not going to name any names, but guys that have very high profile jobs, that have high profile names and high profile history of as American
4: players are very very poor at the color analyst job because they're they basically just simply repeat what the play-by-play uh analyst says, and they tell you exactly what you can see with your eyes. My goal always, always as a analyst was to pick out, especially on replays, things that your normal
2: everyday soccer fan wouldn't look for, wouldn't notice, and all of a sudden after four or five of these, let's say there's a run on the far post that begins at midfield that nobody's really looking at,
4: but it's huge and it's super important to why a goal was scored and a counterattack. Those are the things I try to point out. They don't watch the ball, watch the player, watch their movement and, and talk about why a goal was so important. That was and I credit Glenn Davis with helping me out with that a lot. A lot, a lot, a lot. He really helped me with that. But knowing the soccer part, there's plenty of guys and girls out there that know the soccer part. There are very, very few that actually know how to present it the way an analyst should present. It. So that one was for me the easiest, the most fun, and uh but I, I enjoyed all of the hardest but easily the youth coach. Again, you know everybody says, "Well, you know the game that's that's the easy part well, yeah, I know that that is definitely the easy part um but when it comes to putting ideas into a uh, into
2: something that can be understood, comprehended by youth players and then applied, that's very difficult to do especially when you get kids that are 15, 14, 15, and 16 that have maybe not been taught
4: the correct way to do things or the correct way to see things.
2: There's no one correct way to play the game, but there are
4: uh, different philosophies that cover every single
2: style of play, and those are the things that when players get those bad habits, they're very tough to correct. So the coaching part, was, was very difficult. I really enjoyed
4: the ambassador part because I'm a people person. I like to talk to people um, no matter who they are, where they are, what they do. I'm just a simple man. And that that was that was fun. And now I'm doing none of those.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I definitely can relate to that. <laughs> to that one right there. Um, obviously, I, I think, uh, you know, Especially now with social media having its presence in the game, I feel like the Dynamo definitely tried to do a lot of things uh, in the earlier years, especially with YouTube. And obviously, one of my my personal favorite uh, uh, projects that the Dynamo ended up doing was the Eddie Robinson Show. I think that was kind of one of my favorite, oh. personally, my favorite thing. It, it was just being able to to see, you know, your perspective on on things that are currently going on in the game, and it's it's always also kind of a like. Crazy flashback to me, knowing that it was you and and Sebastian Salazar. Now seeing where he's at now in his career. Um, but uh, how was that? How was that reached out to you? How did they approach you about about that? The Eddie Robinson show.
4: They just asked if it'd be something I, I would be interested in. I said absolutely. Another thing that former athletes going into television have to face is that people are reluctant to be. Honest and truthful with it. If they're bad, I was. I was not. I was not good at television. And it would have only taken a couple of uh, constructive criticisms from a few people to completely change that. The people that could have didn't want to because they didn't want me to turn around and say, "Oh, who are you, or oh, anybody, somebody," and that's not me. Anybody that knows knows that's not me. I, I, I'd rather have criticism that helps me get better than somebody tell me already what I'm doing correct. And that's uh, that that would have been... I, the Eddie Robinson show, if we did it today, I would be a lot more candid now that I'm no longer affiliated with uh, the organization anymore in any way. So I would be a lot more candid. It would be fun. I, I would go to Pat McAfee, who is probably. <laughs>
1: That that's definitely one of the things that I think of uh, for sure. Um, but uh, you know, obviously you you tried all uh, a bunch of things. Is there any like new projects that you're working on maybe now that that's still going to be affiliated with the game?
4: Uh, no, no, no. I unfortunately I think my time with soccer is over. I was left with a very bad taste in my mouth uh, the way that things were done with the Dynamo. Uh, so I I I, I, ne- I never say never, but me and soccer, I like to watch it still. I'll still watch um, every once in a while with the access that we have here in the United States now. When I was 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, it's unprecedented. It's all the different leads that we, we can watch. So I'll still watch it, but as far as any other aspect of being involved in the game, I don't see it.
1: Yeah. Well, hopefully, hopefully, you know, now that, you know, you, now, you know a little bit about insert name f c hopefully we can have you on uh, hopefully when you have probably a little bit more convenience and, and more fun for it. But uh, honestly, it, it's been an honor to have you on and, and I, and I hope to see you back in the game personally, just, I think you as a commentator, you gave me a perspective that I never got to understand until you were able to share it with along with Glenn Davis, uh, shout out to him. We've also had him on the podcast before. Um, you guys definitely did the the game right, I, and I think it's one of the things that I enjoyed from commentary. Uh, but obviously you were also part of a a one of my favorite parts of the Houston Dynamo, which was that blue collar team that won those two MLS cups and were consistently good. And I mean, blue collar. I think blue collar is the best way to describe you when it comes to playing style, and which I I love per, uh, personally, especially as someone that used to play de- uh, defense. Uh, but. Yeah. It, it, it's definitely been a pleasure, man. If you have anything that you want to share, whether that you have coming on or want to share your, your social media, by all means, this is your time.
4: Uh, Eddie Robinson, too, on Twitter. Um, I don't post too much on Twitter. On Instagram, I usually just post stories, funny things I find. Uh, there's There's two posts that I always post. One is, I'm not for everyone. The second one is I post stuff on social media to get a laugh. If that offends you, that probably makes me laugh too. <laughs> and so, you know what you're going to get from me uh, when it comes to that. There's not a lot of practice stuff anymore, though, but fun time and a little bit of food here and there because I'm a big food fan. Um uh, so you know, if you want to have a good laugh, please engage with me. Talk to me. You've got my contact in, so I'll come on anytime. You guys want to talk about anything? Like I said, I still do keep up with the game. I still watch the game. So if uh, if if I've done well enough to pass the test, and you want me back, let me know.
1: Oh, you definitely passed with flying colors, man! Thank you so much, Eddie Robinson. Everybody, um, and we'll keep moving on with the, the rest of this podcast. So. Eddie Robinson, thank you so much for your time. I know time is very valuable. um, So I always appreciate that. Uh, But thank you once again.
4: My pleasure, man. Thanks for having me. Hey, guys.
1: This is Hector from the Insert Name FC podcast here to tell you guys about Candidips. It is a great tasting, superior alternative to traditional dip using CBD in a way that is radical, enjoyable, and effective. It comes in five core flavors, wintergreen, mint, citrus, mango, and American spice. Candidate CBD is the new evolution in dip, allowing guys to enjoy great, long-lasting taste without the downsides. If you guys want to go ahead and try them out, use the code BELLYUP20 at CandidateCBD.com. Once again, BELLYUP20 at CandidateCBD.com, and you'll get yourself 20% off your purchase. Thank you again for Candidate for being a great partner of BellyUp Sports. Sports. Alright guys, group stages are done. Well, a little bit, kind of done, because... What by the time you listen to this episode, it will be done. But uh, there's going to be some some editing and maneuvering from my on my part to make sure that you guys get the full recap. But sorry, um, it's all good, man. <laughs> uh, obviously, we got we got Musa back with us here. He's he he said he's going to be able to be with us throughout till till the end of this tournament. So we definitely appreciate his expertise on the continent Ooh. of Africa. So well more than me. So <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, great to have you back on, man.
6: Likewise, thanks for having me. It, it's been a fun tournament.
1: It definitely has, and so we'll we'll get going with the groups, man. So looking at Group A, um, we have Equatorial Guinea winning this group, which I believe this is the country of Africa that that speaks Spanish. Yes, so probably should be rude for them. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I just got I just adopted my country of Africa, um, <laughs> but it's but, not um, the
6: only speak. As- uh, Portuguese, a Spanish one, so you you might want to hold up a little bit.
1: Okay, well, we'll, <laughs> we'll 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 hold on for that one. Um, but Equatorial Guinea uh, wins the group. In second place is Nigeria. Um, I, I think they performed well. Maybe Victor Osman didn't necessarily have what we were hoping to see from him. Obviously, because that's or uh, especially the one you you highlight potentially could go and get a good chance at the Bondor, but
3: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, uh, probably not his best, his best AFCON, but I feel like that's something that happens in African Cup Nations where these guys that are playing in the top level in Europe um, aren't the guys that we're talking about in this tournament. Uh, but I mean, nonetheless, Nigeria, you know, they're in, in second place. And third place is the Ivory Coast. I feel like they have a good shot at making it to the next round, being that the other third place teams, no necessarily have the same points as they do. Um so they definitely have an edge on it. And then last place is Guinea Bissau. Um Equatorial Guinea definitely at least is is the surprise for me just because I yeah. obviously I'm going in blind here. But um, but this group has been very enjoyable. But I mean clearly the home field advantage wasn't as impactful as we thought it was.
6: Yeah and I and I think for um Ecuador, I think they wore the surprise one. Um, and I think it's just, you know, the beauty of what football is is, you know, they pretty much step up their game from the very beginning, and they they had no fear to playing against even Nigeria, so it was quite impressive on that. Um, Osam, I will say that I think he was almost doub- um double on most of the actions in those games, so I think I was kind of not really surprised that he was covered, but he did score a goal, a header, and one of those own goals, he was literally right behind the player. I think he almost kind of scared him and then he scored his own goal. So I'm expecting him to pretty much, you know, when it comes to the later stage, to probably have a bigger presence.
1: Yeah, and, I, I agree so as well. I think when yeah. the stakes get higher we'll we'll see him rise to the occasion.
6: Yeah, Avika t- <sighs> that one I don't I don't know. It it's bad. It's very bad, and knowing that all the journalists—I don't know if you saw it in the news—but um, journalists actually stayed in the tunnel, and they blocked the players from leaving the stadium. Wow! So there, it's not a good situation.
1: All right. Well, if anybody wants an American reference, this is basically the Dallas Cowboys. Um, so, <laughs> uh, in uh, in Group B. We have Kev Verde, another, another surprise, winning their group outright. Egypt, not winning a single group match. Um, they're also going to be without Mohamed Salah. I think the timetable is possibly semi-final if Egypt gets there. Um, but didn't get a win, but did finish in second. Uh, third place is Ghana. They're definitely going to have to be doing some praying, especially mm-hmm. in that final day of, of matches, of the group stages, for them to get a shot in the next round. And Mozambique, uh, unfortunately, got results. I mean, two draws, nothing, nothing to shed away from it. But obviously, unfortunately, gave up, gave up a lot of goals. So yes. they are officially eliminated. Um, I did say the bar was low in Ghana. Uh, I, I didn't shoot coat that. But I think props to Cape Verde. I definitely, the one, the only country to record wins uh, in this group. Uh, I don't think anybody
6: saw this coming. Uh, but what are your thoughts on, on Group B? Oh, another sp- Spanish speaking country, so that that could be another one. Um, and Ghana was not too big on them, but I think they they messed up Mohammed Kudus' future. Um, you know, year because he was having on fire. They did not do well for him. Let's put it that way. Um, and I was still quite surprised of how bad they were playing, even though their expectations weren't so high. Mm-hmm. Um. I in Egypt was probably the second one that I was disappointed on because first without winning um a single game and then after that Mohamed Salah deciding to go back to Liverpool for to recover or whatever. That I think it it just a, a bad it, I don't the the vibe is not there from our from what I can see compared to like Capo Verde where you know they're at a hundred percent at this moment. And they probably can. They still feel they can win the whole thing.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, all right, going to Group C, Senegal, the only the only team undefeated in this tournament. Um, Senegal clear. No, there's no argument on that. They they were the team to watch. I I even said that that's my favorite to go into this tournament. Um, Cameroon, despite all the all the attention that Andre Onana has brought onto that team. Once again, we, we talked we talked about this earlier on the episode, yeah. but uh I don't at the end of the day, Cameroon gave him permission to go and play against Tottenham. So I'm not gonna it's unfortunate what happened, which was obviously like just the issues of getting to get back with the team. Mm-hmm. Um but I think Cameroon can't necessarily give a lot of a lot of slack to a lot of flack to uh to Andre Onana just because of the fact that they agreed to let him go play with with Tottenham um but yeah it, it's also not a great look when um I mean if anyone came out looking great is is a uh, uh Fabrice Ondoa who yes. who you know comes off pretty good with a win and a draw um for for his start so far as goalkeeper I will say in, in on his in defense though he did have to go up against Senegal which is not necessarily uh I'm not no, no jabs at Guinea and, and Gambia but <laughs> Especially that Gambia game. That game was very enjoyable. Went to the final down to the final minute. I thought Gambia was gonna win it. Um but Cameroon's in it. I you know, Cameroon's gonna just cause of just the drama that I think the media is giving. I don't necessarily think it's Cameroon is going that there's any drama in Cameroon, but I think with the the stories that media is creating for this, with the whole Andre Onana situation, it's gonna be a team that everyone's gonna be watching just because of Andre Onana. And I think he might be on the bench. For the rest of this tournament, the way it looks,
6: it's not looking good, and and I think it's um that whole Anana thing is a a bigger story, I guess, than just um this year or um you know what people that are just introduced to African soccer. Um, the biggest issue with that is that you know European countries get in teams um have always complained about having the African Cup of Nations in January. So there always has been that disrespect to say, you know, we you know, we don't want our player to go or can they stay longer? Um, where, you know, in Europe, you will never ask France or Germany or England, can that player stay an extra two weeks to play a game So we, and we can fly in private? So it's, it was more of the, the African thing that it was not really it himself because it was a bad move altogether. Mm-hmm. But it's just that the whole African tournament, it happens every year. And those players, then everyone will remember what they did. Because they are better, bigger names like Mane. He did not say, hey, I want to play a one final game. He went straight to training camp. So I think that's where the perception of African soccer, that's where the story comes from. Um, Odana has not had the best year to begin with. So I think it was a bad move to make that move. Cameroon, they they were extremely, extremely, extremely lucky to score that, what, 91st minute goal? I mean, there was like
1: nine minutes of stoppage time in that Gambia yeah. game. So.
6: so it was like they were extremely lucky. Nothing that shows what Cameroon used to be, let's mm-hmm. put it that way.
1: But... Also, if it wasn't for VAR, we could have – there could have been – this could have been a 3-3 yeah. match. Yes. So, we could have had a little Gambia hand of God moment there. Um,
6: almost there, yes.
1: Almost almost had that, but Cameroon instead now finishes in second place in the group. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I think at this point, I don't think anybody wants to face off against Senegal the way they're playing because they, they look like that same team from the last AFCON. <laughs> Even and though- we
6: added three more players that are under the age of twenty two. So and there's and as you can see, Sané has not scored. Oh, sorry, yeah. he scored one goal, but that was like a finesse goal. But all of the rest of the goals came from somebody else. Mm-hmm. So it's like you can't really say, you know, if Manny is having the best of his time, is you literally have everybody. And in defense, Koulibaly holding that defense is you ain't scoring unless you do something magical.
1: Yeah, I think collectively Senegal is definitely the team. Yeah. Um, and... I'm biased, but yes. <laughs> well, I mean, you're 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 allowed to at this point. Um, Group D, um, the matches are actually playing right now. It's uh, almost over, but it looks like I don't think it, it's going to affect too much in the standings because basically the top half is facing against each other, and the bottom half is also facing each other. Um, and as it looks like it, it looks like Angola is finishing in first place. If there's any changes, I'll update it as yeah. when we segue over, but Fair enough. Um, Burkina Faso is in second yes. place. Uh, Mauritania is in that third place spot. And with their they have three, they do have three points because they did have a victory. So they probably have also a good chance at moving yeah. on to the next round. And the biggest disappointment I think in this tournament has to be Algeria. Um, which I maybe maybe that generation of Algerian players, maybe it's kinda like they're just they're just not able to do it anymore. And uh I can not I I c I can't I can't speak off my top of my head that any <laughs> Algerian players right now that I think that are up and coming has gone has gotten in my eye, but
6: probably it, not it... on this tournament yet. There's a whole bunch of friends that we're hoping and uh looks like they will get their their chances. And uh Mahez did not do that much. For Algeria as well, so yeah, it's a disappointing, definitely one because I was expecting them to be at least second on that yeah. group,
1: yeah, definitely. So, so yeah, that's that's where they are right now. Um, so I think as of right now, at where we are in, in these groups, uh, biggest surprise to me is Algeria. I don't, I don't think anybody's gonna disagree with downfall? that one, yeah. yeah. Um, biggest surprise. It's honestly a tie between Equatorial Guinea and Cape Verde. I think yep. they're I don't think anybody expected them to perform this well, especially against the teams that are in those groups. Um but it it's been a fun tournament uh so far and Equatorial Guinea does have the leading goal scorer in Emilio Insu. I think that's how you pronounce that last name.
6: And you see what the his history, right? He plays third level Spanish um league. And I think he's a right back for his club team, but for his country, he plays forward.
1: Yeah. It's just, it, it, <laughs> it's very interesting. Yeah. um, But, uh, but you know, I mean, if that's the case, that's why we can see why Equatorial Guinea is where they are. Um, Yeah. this So far it's been a fun tournament. I can't wait for the knockout rounds. It, it's going to be, it's going to be more. That's where, you know, obviously it's winter go home at this point. Um, <laughs> But looking at the other groups, just so we can just knock them out right now for you, uh, as obviously then we'll segue over to the full updated one. Um, group E, we have Mali on top, the team that you deemed as the Dark Horse. I guess they got excited when you highlighted them, so <laughs> so now yeah. they're like, "Hey, now nah, we're not just a Dark Horse. We're 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 competing for full this one. Um, So they're they're leading their group right now. South Africa is right behind them. Namibia uh, is also at that third place spot. They do have three points, so they do have a they're also in a feral position to move on to the next round. Yep. And Tunisia, another disappointing uh team, is in fourth place. Um, like I said, I'll get more into detail when we segue over. And then in group F, Morocco uh hasn't hasn't recorded a loss, but they do have a win and draw, but they're leading their group right now. Democratic Republic of Congo, uh, despite not having a single victory, is also in that second place spot. Zambia Similar to Congo, um two draws as well, also in third place, and Tanzia is in that last place spot. But honestly, they're all in the mix to that whole bottom could just flip in any moment. So yep. it's gonna be interesting to see that those 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 groups uh face, you know, in their final matches. But um anything you wanna say before we segue over to where now it's just me?
6: Uh no. Um it's just that I think this is probably one of the best tournaments so far to date uh, maybe two or three that are much better but i'm um, knowing that every single team that even have a draw has scored more than a goal um which is quite impressive so there's not much to complain about at this moment
1: all right so we're gonna go ahead and segue over to me i might have tried to recruit somebody to come and join as well <laughs> uh but musa Thank you for coming on. I know this is a brief one, but we're definitely going to see you a little bit. Uh, we're going to see you a lot more as in as the tournament continues. Um, but go ahead and tell the good people where they can find you.
6: All right, I'm Thing, Mo Football STL and Mo Football TV on social, all social platform. And there is a new episode with a coach from an undefeated coach, high school coach from Florida. Episode dropping on Monday.
1: All right, man, get ready for that. So. Thank you again, Musa. So we're going to go ahead and segue right over to the last two, the fully upgraded table and then previewing the round of 16. (laughs) All right, guys. So here we are. We're back uh, to continue on the recap of the group stage. So Group D did say exactly the same. Uh, Angola does win the group outright with seven points. Uh, Burkina Faso finishes in second with four points. Tania does finish in third with three points, and I believe that they're actually going to advance to the next round, and Algeria uh ending that group in last place being a massive disappointment. But all right, group E, uh Mali, which was Musa's uh pick for a uh, Dark Horse, uh ends up winning their group uh with a win and two draws with giving them five points to win out the group, South Africa finishing in second. Uh, with four points. Uh, Nambia also had the same number of points as South Africa with four, but uh, falters due to goal differential, but they're in third place and they will be advancing as well to, um, to, the, no- to the knockout round. Um, and then Tunisia finishing in last place. So they are also out of there. So they will be out of the tournament. Um, in Group F, we have Morocco, uh, winning the group with seven points, um, the Republic of Congo finishing in second, not recording a win, but not recording a loss either. So three draws uh, to get them into the next round in the in the tournament. Uh, Zambia is unfortunately out in third place with only getting two points. And Tanzania also only able to collect two points um, and they are out of the tournament as well. So that is the knockout round. Going into the round of 16 now, Um, on Saturday, the Saturday matches, uh, we have Angola taking on Nambia, um, which is the third place of Group E. Um, I I think this is going to be a very interesting matchup, mainly because, you know, uh, I think Nambia is definitely not necessarily a... A, not necessarily bad, so I think that they could be very competitive with Angola, but I still favor Angola to win this one. Uh, Nigeria and taking on Cameroon, this one's going to be a very interesting matchup. Obviously, it's the two two really big name countries in in Africa, um, so I'm I'm very going to be intrigued by it. Obviously, you got you got Victor Oladipo on one side, and um, and Cameroon the the players that they have, but obviously, all attention is going to be put on is obviously Andre Onana. I know earlier in the episode, I thought that Andre Onana would still be starting at goalkeeper for Cameroon, and I don't think that that's happened. Obviously, now my opinion has drastically changed since then. Um, so I actually think that, you know, Ondoa, who has had two really good performances um, in his two starts for Cameroon, so I I think that he could definitely be, you know, I think there's a lot of confidence for Cameroon. Um, you know despite the odds they're 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 continuing on in this tournament. Um Nigeria, we still haven't yet to see what they really could do and I'm really hoping that we will see it from Nigeria. Um this this could honestly be a coin toss honestly, but I'm going to go with Nigeria. But don't be surprised to see uh Cameroon um winning it as, as well. Um the Sunday matches for on the 28th, we got uh Equatorial Equatorial Guinea, I think. Yeah, Equatorial Guinea uh, taking on Guinea. <laughs> um, so that's going to be who, which is the Group C third place team and Egypt taking on the Democratic Republic of Congo. um, So Equatorial Guinea and Guinea, it's going to, to me, well, I mean, there's got to be at least something of a storyline just for the fact that it's the Guineas, but I can't tell you. I'm not really familiar. Like I said, I'm not really familiar with all that, all the aspects of Africa. But um, Equatorial Guinea has been a lot of fun watching for me for this tournament. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and, and and say that Equatorial Guinea is going to continue riding this hot streak that they're on and, and go and go ahead and win and move on into the tur- into the quarterfinals. Uh, Egypt and Congo. Egypt has yet to record a victory. Um, Mohamed Salah is out. Due to an injury, he's back in Liverpool. Um, timetable is that if if they're if Egypt is in the semi final, we could see him back there. Um, but you gotta say you gotta be worried the fact that they weren't yet they they weren't able to record a victory. Um, but it, when you look at the other side, Congo as well hasn't won a single match as well, so they're basically in the in the same scenario where they both need a win. And there, there has to be a winner, um. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick Egypt. Egypt is one of the stronger countries in the Afcon, so I'm gonna go ahead and just ride with Egypt here. Yeah. Um. So that is, uh, the, that's the second day of knockouts. Monday, twenty ninth of January, we're gonna see, uh, we are going to see Cape Verde, uh, another another surprising team, and Mauritania uh facing off in this one and which will be a very very interesting um matchup right there uh but as well same
4: same as uh the same
1: things with 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 uh that you can say uh with with K. barry the same things you can say about Equatorial Guinea, you can also apply with Cape Verde. They've been very fun to watch in this tournament. Um and so I I also think that they're going to continue this form and and get a, and get the win over Mauritania, and advance them on to the quarterfinals. And in the another game, it's Senegal taking on Ivory Coast. So we at, at some point we have to see this home field advantage be beneficial for them. I think when you're going up against the Honestly, right now, coming out of the group, the best team is Senegal. Do I see them beating Senegal? I do not, but I would I would say if there's a time for that home field advantage to kick in, this is probably the match to do it. I don't think it's happening. I think Senegal handles Ivory Coast fairly well. So that's who I think is moving on uh, to the quarterfinals. Um, and then the last days of the knockout matches, Mali taking on Burkina Faso. Um, at least that's what I think it is. Cause they're giving me initials. Yes, Burkina Faso, um, Molly and Burkina Faso. I've actually been enjoying Burkina Faso. Uh, been, I've been, I've been enjoying them. They're playing, but Molly is also been pretty well, has been doing pretty good. Um, obviously their group was kind of, kind of ugly, but pretty fun at the same time. I, I do like that. It was, that it was really up in the air for who could get it. Um, I think this is going to be a very even matchup between these two countries, um, but give me Mali. I think that that dark horse mentality is going to continue for them. And the last matchup is Morocco taking on South Africa. Yeah, I'm going with South. Uh, I'm, <laughs> no, 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 I'm not. I'm not going with South Africa. I'm taking Morocco. Uh, Morocco. I think Morocco, definitely the second best team in this tournament. Um, I, you know, obviously, what they were able to uh, able to do in this ter- uh, tournament, uh, I mean, I feel like they kind of put just put the pedal off the, uh, off uh, for that last matchup, and that's the reason why they got the draw. But I, I still, i well, actually no, I guess the the you know props to Congo because they battled pretty well, or well, whoever, yeah, actually no, it was probably the uh, probably Congo, but. But yeah, so um give me Morocco. I don't think I don't think South, South Africa is going to play well against Morocco. I think Morocco we're going to start we're going to see why Morocco is the team with the target on their back. Um so those are my predictions, man. I can't wait. Uh like I said, next week you will see you will see uh uh Musa join us again to continue talk, uh, covering the African Cup of Nations. So um but yeah, that is the combinations. We're gonna go ahead and take a break, and then we'll go. Actually, we'll not take a break. We'll go just segue right over to our players of the week. All right, we're back. I want to thank, um, I want to thank Eddie Robinson for coming on uh, for the podcast uh, to interview. Great interview, by the way. So much, fun. I need to need to get him back on when it, uh, on another day because there's a i feel like there's so much more to talk about with him and uh definitely would love to bring him back on and also thank you again to to Musa to come in and talk afcon uh it's it's just really great to learn learn about the game from him does knows he knows the constant very well so uh definitely sheds a lot of light for me over there but all right players of the week players of the week is brought to you by in the clutch in the clutch is an amazing clothing apparel company that is partnered with the player associations of major league baseball, major league soccer, national basketball association, national football league, and does some other really cool designs as well. Does some retro looks NCAA. You're going to find it there for you. Shout out to the Houston Astros, by the way, they just signed Josh Hader, uh, one of the best closing pitchers right now in baseball and, uh, in the clutch, they just dropped their Haderade. uh, Shirt, which <laughs> is now an Astros edition one. So, uh, so if you guys want to go ahead and check that out, especially if you're an Astros fan, I know there's not that many, uh, that, that listen to us that are, but there's also there's also definitely someone there for your team or for your favorite player. And once again, all it does go to the players, which is the best part of it all. So, if that doesn't help you even more, if you guys use our code, insert name at checkout, it'll save yourself ten percent off your entire purchase. So once again, insert name, check out in the save yourself 10% off your entire purchase. But Edward, who is your player of the week?
0: All right. So my player of the week is actually and <laughs> it's actually Ferran Torres from FC Barcelona, who scored a hat-trick and an assist in Barcelona's 4-2 win against Real
3: Betis.
1: Ferran Torres became the First player since Leonel I think it's Leonel Messi to score a hat trick for Barcelona. He is also the first player to score a free kick goal. Since Leonel Messi. Yeah, and well. you would
0: think you and you and you would think you would think it was be like Lewandowski because it was a hat trick.
1: Yeah. And that guy was a, was literally the leading goal scorer last year too. <laughs> I
0: know. That's what I'm saying. I was like, man.
1: So Stunning. Where where do you where do you fall in line now, or do you feel like if you continue to slander Ferran Torres, he's gonna keep playing well?
0: I feel like it, you know how it is with you and the uh, and like how you always say, well, America's gonna America's gonna lose today, and the next you know they win, kind of stuff. Like when you basically pull for the underdog, and somehow, or you don't pull for the underdog, you basically pull for the one that wins, and somehow the underdog wins. It's kind of the same thing with me, except, you know, I slander and I say, Hey, this guy stinks. How about no? Right. And then yet yeah, somehow he pulls it off. I don't, I don't, maybe is, that's what I just started is, doing
1: is is, pull, uh, is is he, is he turning from a heel to a face for you now? Uh,
0: we'll see. There's still more games to decide.
1: We'll see. <laughs> okay. Right, fair enough.
0: Maybe, maybe, maybe I got to do that with Timo Werner. Then maybe he'll do the hat trick.
1: (laughs) (laughs) How much longer do you want to have Timo Werner? Oh man! I mean, Miguel says it's never going to happen. So, (laughs) oh
0: man! No, trust me. Yeah, I've, I've, I've had that conversation at work already, and I'm just like, man. I was like, I'm even like, I'm, I'm even like, I'm even doing this like where I'm like, you know what? Like just. Timo Warner just just do it well one game. You don't Wait, have to do it. They're possibly. really
1: roasting you at work. No, they're not roasting me. It's more oh. of like, man,
0: this is just not believable for him to be doing that. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I was like well, I have hope. I have hope. And then I'm like, I'm slowly
1: dwindling hope. the hope. <laughs> yeah,
0: pretty much slowly dwindling the hope down.
1: But all right, congrats to uh, Fran Torres. Maybe maybe this is the year. This is your year to to change Edward's mind if Ron Torres somehow wins the Roosevelt Spencer player of the year award, that's going to,
0: that's, that's going to be crazy. But and so gonna... far, I think he's only had one nomination.
1: Well, I mean, of this is this, year, so, like, yeah, is this it, is the new year. So yeah, it's only yeah, one yeah, nomination yeah. so far. Um, so far. All right. So my player of the week is Steven El Sharawi, which in the game, we're now, uh, so you guys don't know, obviously, well, obviously you guys do know, cause we literally just talked about Joseph Moya being fired, but, uh, uh, taking over is, Dang, I'm drawing a blank on the name. He's a he's a Roma legend. Um, oh, De Rossi. De Rossi. Boom. There we go. Um, De Rossi is now taking over as interim. Ma- I think he's just an interim manager, so he's not officially the manager. Um, but he's the interim manager. Uh, so in his first match, uh, Stephen Elsharawi just goes, uh, which is like crazy because this is a name that I really don't talk about very often anymore. Um, no more the days of of him and AC Belong with the crazy hairstyles. I'm not saying that his hair <laughs> isn't that crazy; it's still it's a lot tamer than what it used to be, but uh, still has some pizzazz to it. Um, he had two some assists. Pizzazz. He had two assists in Roma's two one victory against Hells Verona, which obviously, like I said, was Del Piero's uh first match as a manager for Roma. So, um, I'm sure. I mean, let's be honest, man. The the, the thing that's unfortunate with, with Jose Munoz's time at Roma, at least this time around, was just the fact that they were just not performing. They were, I think yeah, they were like in true. eighth place or something like that. So, but there we go. So, congratulations to Ferran Torres and Steven El Sharawi for being our players of the week. I don't know if we would ever mention these two guys ever again. I mean, maybe Ferran Torres has a better chance, but like El Sharawi, like, I don't think we've ever featured him ever. Like this is probably like ever. His, his first time ever being featured for Player of the Week. But all right, guys. Like I said, we do offer an additional vote. There is going to be a link, uh, posted on these posts. So threads, uh, Facebook, uh, X. If you're on Instagram, it's going to be available on our link tree. So it's going to literally the link is on the bio. First thing you'll see is is Player of the Week vote. Um, also a, but yeah, so, and we'll also post it on the stories as well. So that's, that's literally the only way you guys are going to have to, uh, be able to vote. So go on the link, vote for your player of the week so that they, that either front or Stephen Elcher, we get an extra vote, uh, for the Roosevelt Spencer's player of the year award. So those, that's, that's how you get a, a say in, in it as well. So please go ahead and go on it at. It should be available right now uh, as we speak. So make sure you guys go ahead and put in your votes. I'm sure Edward will also be putting his vote in as well. Yep. But all right, guys, games to watch this weekend. Like I said, Asian Cup, AFCON, round of 16 will be happening this weekend. So make sure you guys tune in to see who is going to win on these two tournaments. And Liga Mekis, we got Club León taking on Santos. Is is this where we're gonna see Andrés Guardado? Maybe I don't. Maybe off the bench, maybe off the bench. So, we'll see. And Necaxa taking on América. You guys don't remember? Eva Longoria owns this team, so Nekaxa, <laughs> Nekaxa, I mean,
0: the way you make it sound,
1: she owns it. Uh, League on, Leon. Remember. Team that has a jersey bet on the line with is taking on Stadderenes and Marcial taking on Monaco. In the Bundesliga, we got VFB Stuttgart taking on RB Leipzig, who uh, took a big loss last week, obviously losing to Bayer Leverkusen. Uh, and so definitely want to bounce back. And Parisia Dormann taking on Vf, VFL Bochum, which maybe this is where we see Jay and Sachos. First goal back with Barissi Dorman. Let's hope. I mean, he's just getting better and better each game, it seems like. So, yep. He's. He, how how Jaden Sancho got his groove back. Um, Serie A, Lazio versus Napoli. I just activated Serie. That's fucking weird.
3: <laughs> <clears throat>
1: I guess from saying Serie A, Serie A, C- Serie A. This is going to be... Hard. Okay. I never thought I, I would ever activate Serie like that. Uh Napoli versus Napoli and Fiorentina. I just did it again. Okay. Let's throw my phone somewhere else. Uh, Fiorentina versus Inter Milan. In La Liga, we got Las Palmas taking on Rob Madrid. We'll see how they rig this game up. Um, And Atletico Madrid taking on Valencia. Dang, my eyes are getting itchy right now. Um... <laughs> In the English Premier League, there is no English Premier League matches, but there is the FA Cup. We got Chelsea versus Aston Villa and Tottenham versus Manchester City. So some juicy matches going on this weekend. This is not all the matches that are happening this weekend, but if you guys don't know what to look for, well, here's a good beginner's guide for you guys. So uh, we're going to go ahead and take one more break, and then we'll wrap this show up with a -a five-a-side draft potential biopics let me tell you guys about belly of sports belly of sports is the internet sports bar go ahead and check out the website www.bellyofsports.com to read some great articles from great writers all across the country from hockey baseball golf soccer you name it belly of sports is the premier not your average website all right guys five aside draft the topic is potential biopics so movies. Based on, do you want to say somebody's life or based on real on true events? I
0: thought it was a biopic, I as in
4: mean like somebody.
1: Okay, so based on somebody.
3: Mm-hmm. Right.
1: Once again, I'm not going to tell you guys the inspiration for this because once again, I don't want uh, Edward. Uh, I don't want Edward to take my pick. So, so we're gonna. I'm. Gonna, I'm. Gonna, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll say when I if I do get to pick my the person I'm hoping to pick um then i'll then i'll say the 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 inspiration for this but we'll see it's def. i would definitely say this if i if ever doesn't pick it, it is definitely gonna be my number one pick so uh but all right Edward. five aside draft potential biopics
0: okay so okay let me let me rephrase this so biopic as in like you got a movie star who's um playing portraying a person or are we doing like a biopic kind of like documentaries um
1: like actor the background Portraying the person. Okay. Okay.
0: Fair deal.
4: Fair deal. All right. So first pick. And the only reason why I'm doing it is because like, it is he's a weird dude, but he's doing a lot of things that
0: a lot of people wouldn't even think of doing. Back in two early two thousands or even in the nineties. And now he's doing something that everybody would basically would see movies of back in those days. um
4: Elon Musk like he's got he's oh, wow. got a lot
0: of money, he's very he's wealthy, um he's taken care of, but he's also doing a lot of things with that money and I mean, think about it, he ended up buying out Twitter, which not a lot of people could say, "Hey, I went ahead and bought this social platform. What do you got like you know? Like I mean, not a lot of people can say that. He's doing all this space stuff going on. Um I'm I'm not saying, Oh yeah, I'm gonna be number one to stand in that rocket. Oh hell no. Mm-hmm. Don't wanna end up like the people, you know, in the in the in the in the ocean talking about like I'm gonna go ahead and play with the play school controller and try to control the rocket. Well, no, the no. Knowing knowing but,
1: Elon Musk's involvement with space, obviously being that he's the owner of SpaceX. SpaceX. Um I feel like you could feel a little bit safer knowing it's him.
0: Um, uh, but that, that's the thing. It's like he's still working on that stuff. I mean, Tesla, all that stuff. You know, it'd be it kind of be watching um a movie, kind of like how Ford versus Ferrari. You know, like you see how he comes up with these ideas, maybe even before everything. Excuse me. That's happened. Ford versus
1: Ferrari, also a very good movie, by the way.
0: Yeah. Very freaking amazing. Oh my god! I'll be honest. Christian Bell played the shit out of that, and then Matt Damon playing carol shelby bro that dude, was shout that out was...
1: to the guy the the guy that had to play like the the marketing assistant or whatever they, oh dude the, the really annoying guy the,
0: the really annoying like please sir you can't no you can't you can't you can't touch open mustang. the door. you
1: can't sit there you can't you can't yeah. touch the mustang bro oh that robbed me up, bro too. if punchable face was a was on the dictionary like his face would be on it <laughs> yeah.
0: you actually have a lot of you know what punchable faces
1: that guy, that guy, that would make a great five a side draft. Like a five a side draft, just punchable this faces. This
0: dude,
1: he's number one. He's number. He's, he's my number one. one. <laughs> Actually, no, it'd probably still be uh, Ferencio Perez. Actually, no, I take that back. as Claudia Reina. But <laughs> damn, have you not seen that guy's face? That dude's got a really punchable face. Actually, he looks very identical to the guy from Four versus Ferrari. Anyways, get back to the draft. Elon Musk. Yeah, so Elon Musk is my first pick. That is a really good pick. I think um uh, especially cuz like what it's like some people think he's autistic, right?
0: Yeah. They say I, yeah, I don't know if he thing.
1: is. I don't think he is, but I feel like everyone just says that just like because like if he's like socially awkward, you could be socially awkward and not autistic. Like that there's people that are like that. Um Bro, this
0: is how I know this is how I know he actually made it. He showed up in an episode of Big Bang Theory showing like with Hawley with Howard. Wasn't well, he on like oh, Joe yeah. Rogan
1: too? Like there's that clip of him like smoking weed or something like that. Oh, I don't know about that I got to I g I gotta I gotta find that somewhere. But anyways, alright. Luckily Edward did not pick my person, so thank God. Um I kinda had a feel
0: I have a feeling I know who it is, but
1: what we're gonna so, go ahead and the inspiration for this draft is because <laughs> before before the New Year started, I got to watch a movie that I honestly was Taken very way, way back, it got me very emotional. It was just—I don't know if it's just as you get older now, it just you feel emotions in movies and shit like that. Now I don't know if that's the thing, but I've
0: always—that's always been me. Especially the with Iron Bro, movie. the
1: Iron Claw was oh, yeah. such a good movie. Like I know I haven't seen
0: it yet, but I want to see it.
1: Yeah, it's a really good movie, bro. It's gonna make you want to call your brother. It's gonna make you call your brother. <laughs> of course. Oh, I oh, I yeah, I. Oh, also shout out to Sebastian. I saw him at at the theater that day, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, really good movie. Um, it I obviously they didn't feature all the brothers, all the all the Von Eric brothers, but I think you you got the point. I, I think you get the point of the story of, of their whole unfortunate story, but I think because of that, I think it it made me think that like. Especially because it's A24. A24 has been like just dropping bangers in, in movies recently. But like, it, it, it shows me that like people are interested in wrestling stories. Oh, uh, yeah.
0: 100%. Bro, have you not seen Peacock? A, Peacock has like. It, but like,
1: badass. you can. T- it, like, it, I think what, what we learned from The Iron Claw, which one, it, it was a movie that needed to be made. The story of the Von Erics was a story that needed to be told. Cause it's obviously this is like the Jackson Five of wrestling families, um, yeah. Also with an abusive father, um, but like you know, like it needed to be it, it needed to be said, and like kind of what Ric Flair said, like this this movie was done like it was it's great that they did it, but they should have done this a lot a lot earlier, and yeah. um, and so because of that, my number one pick is Latino Heat Eddie Guerrero.
4: Oh, that's a good one.
1: Like you're that's talking about one. like one of the most beloved wrestlers of our generation. Um just an amazing underdog. Oh, I, well, I guess maybe not really an underdog story because obviously like he comes from a very, from a very prominent lucha libre family. But like yeah. obviously he had to grind, right? Like he had to make his way to to get to where he was cuz I mean he did, he didn't he didn't win the WWE championship till like
0: like to the early two thousands I think.
1: Early, yeah early two thousands. So like yeah it, it you know for him to have that moment the only issue would probably be like it's just that like maybe some people are not ready to see Chris Benoit. <laughs> but I mean you if, know, but you can't all you it. can't also tell Eddie Guerrero story without Chris Benoit. Maybe you just don't have to talk about what happens after <laughs> but um if you guys don't know I just Google Chris Benoit I'm not gonna tell you guys No, Um, no, no. So, uh, but yeah, like, this is probably would be an amazing story. I think that there's going to be a lot of great scenes that you can do with with him from his time in Japan. Obviously, his time with WC. He was in the freaking Monday Night Wars. So, like. Oh, yeah. So, I think, like, you could definitely do a lot with his career. His, you know, his addiction, you know, his his, issue is, you know, his battle with drug addiction, his, you know, finding God. You know, like there's like a lot of elements to Eddie Guerrero's life that I think would would make a really great story. Uh, well, it is a great story because it's his life, but like make it a great would we'll make a really great movie um, to do a, a movie on Eddie Guerrero. And I think like especially because now for you and me, now that we're adults, I think for us it would it, we would cherish it a little bit more, especially because it's it's a guy that we grew up to love. Um, yeah, you know, I think when Eddie Guerrero won the WWE championship, it was just a statement of of us as Hispanics, you know, as Latinos to see one of our own be considered the top guy in WWE. And and I know I know people say wrestling is fake, which it is, but like to be the title holder is a very big thing because the company is saying like, you're good enough. You've worked so hard that we know you can carry this company because you're you're now the face of the, of the company. So it is very sentimental and I think that his story I would be crying a lot. I know for a fact that I would be. So um also Chavo Guerrero has been the been like hired to do a lot of these wrestling movies as like the ex the like the on on-site expert. Like he did Iron Claw as well. So you know it's going to be really emotional for him to like having to see his his uncle be portrayed, but I think he would definitely want to do it and do it right. Yeah. So, yeah, my number one is Eddie Guerrero. Uh, Number two. Uh, no,
0: uh, I was about to, sorry. Sorry. Can I okay. cut you off on that one? Yeah, go ahead. I feel like, you know, and as as much as I hate to say it, I think the best person to portray Eddie Guerrero
4: would be Dominic Mysterio.
3: No, it's going to be Pedro
1: Pascal. Oh, God, no. It's it, like I would say Pedro Pascal looks more like Eddie Guerrero. Think,
0: think about it. Think about it this way. Pedro dude, Pascal
1: he's is not, tall, bro. He's not ready to act like that.
0: No, but I'm saying, like... Pedro maybe, like, Pascal
1: young... Maybe young Eddie Guerrero. But, no,
0: I wouldn't... Pedro... Pedro I... No, I'm saying Pedro Pascal is tall. Remember, Latino, he was short. He wasn't a tall dude. Was he
1: really short? Like... Okay. He was. Okay, Look, so, Google like... it. Google him.
0: Google He was either 5'6", or 5'6", five, five, I believe. 5'6", 5'5", because... He was only taller than Rey Mysterio by, like, maybe a few inches. Not a lot.
1: Let's see. Eddie Graham. And I believe like,
0: Rey Mysterio, maybe he's, like, 5'8". 5'8", 5'7". He was just really he's softy, He's
1: 5'8". Okay, he's 5'8". Five 5'8",
0: eight.
1: Five eight, yeah. yeah. All right. But Pero Pascal, the reason think, why, okay, We're talking about a fucking movie. Um, But, like... Hey,
0: you got to be accurate with it, bruh.
1: Really? Because he's okay. Well, Pedro Pascal is five eleven, but like, really? Because, <laughs> really? Because like, Zach Efron's five foot eight, portraying a six foot three, freaking Kevin yeah, Von Eric. See who... So yeah,
0: but you got you got, and gotta, then you, you have a five figure, foot
1: gotta... si- a five foot six Jeremy Allen White playing a five a six foot three Carrie Von Eric. So <laughs> I think as long as the actor is good enough, they can do. They can move. On. Freaking. Are, are we we seriously gonna say we we want accuracy when Hugh Jackman plays Wolverine? Hey, Hugh Jackman was the Wolverine, all right. A, a very tall Wolverine. Wolverine's like five foot five.
0: <laughs> yeah, but he was hunched over, so it made him look short.
1: No, they did. They 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 gave like Fox Fox and Fox Sony or whatever the hell did the, the X Men movies. They gave up a long time ago on trying to make uh make him look short.
4: Yeah, I mean, to me, he looked short. Maybe it was Jean Grey that made him look short.
3: They, they
1: didn't do that good of a job.
0: <laughs> nah, she, the uh, actress, she, she did, uh, she did like look like she was taller. Maybe because she was skinnier or so.
1: Yeah. Anyways, but but that's my my not my number my number one pick. I. I no, Dirty Dom. I don't think I don't think necessarily he has the acting chops for that for that, especially for like the importance of that role would be. So. All right. All
3: right.
4: Okay. Okay.
1: Uh, my number two.
3: And. Uh, okay, so
1: like. We've we've been seeing a lot more racing movies. Uh, oh, maybe not, son
3: of a bitch!
1: Maybe not so much as like, but now we're seeing more like car theme movies. I guess you could say like you know they just, they're about they're about to have that Enzo Ferrari movie, um with yeah, uh, with with I don't I don't remember that the actor's name, but uh but he used to be in the Marine Corps, um but. They're kind of a similar another tragic story along with like Eddie Guerrero, but like definitely an icon in in re- in racing, uh Dale Earnhardt.
4: Okay.
3: I mean this dude All was right. like
0: a legend. Yeah, he was he was he was big on NASCAR. I know that for a fact.
1: Yeah, so definitely think that there should be a movie about him. Um uh, so, so so that's my number two. Ever what's your what's your number two pick?
0: My number two pick is este... so ironically when you said racing, I was like, son of a bitch. I was like this dude here, bro hate you for that. But then you went with Jill Earnhardt, so I was like, alright, alright. So
4: and this is probably gonna tug at a lot of heart strings. But the life and times of Paul Walker. Paul Walker. Paul Walker. You know okay. Brian
0: O'Connor from Fast and the Furious? I mean yeah, I know who Paul Walker is. <laughs> okay. But yeah, but anyway, so Paul Walker. I mean you gotta think about it like
1: He's the quarterback. <laughs> He's a guy that broke his, his knee in, in uh, varsity blues. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: But I mean, you gotta think about it as a movie, as a movie star for him not to get like re- re- repped up in like all that drug stuff, especially like around that time, you know what I mean? Like around his time, especially being young, you know, he'd get wrapped up in all that. Like a lot of the, a lot of the shit that a lot of younger stars do. Um, and he actually made it out successful he made a lot of uh, contributions um a lot of um foundations stuff like that he would even auction off some like some of his own stuff so that way like he would have money for his own foundation he created his own foundation and like it's still going you know so it's like uh it, it would
4: probably be kind of in the same way as for Versus Ferrari
3: kind of stuff. Yeah, you know uh, what I mean.
4: Like it would be like it would probably the ending would be
0: the the same way where you know, um, it was like Christian Bale's character. God, I can't remember his name for the life of me.
1: From Ford versus Ferrari.
0: Yeah, Ford versus Ferrari. Basically, the uh, the, I don't the remember British his name driver on the top of
1: my head, but he's the yeah, he was the mechanic and the driver. He was he was the, he was the British
0: driver. And, you know, everybody, as soon as as soon as that car hit, everybody knew like, oh, hell, you know, like everybody knew like, damn, it just it, it just hit home something. And I was like, I don't know if that would be included or not. But I feel like if you really want that major impact of a biopic like that, I, I and I'm like, pretty sure
1: I feel like what they would do is would be probably similar to how they ended uh American Sniper oh yeah yeah where like they just show him leaving you know and then then like at, they you know just fade to black and then say what happened um yeah so I think that that would probably be what hap- what they would do but because uh that, yeah that I mean or like I mean we, we're seeing now that there's people that don't mind. are not saying don't mind it but are willing to at least try to make the scene try to make that scene happen because of the significance of of what that, of what it was, but, um, but yeah, Paul Walker would definitely be a good one. It'd be interesting just to see like who all would be playing, like the actors around him, like who would have to be Vin Diesel. I know. Um, so we'd have would, to be,
4: uh, what was it? name? Bubble Ray? Or, uh, Bubble Ray? Uh, the
0: guy from Varsity Blues? Oh, uh, the, the, the,
1: Billy Bob. What's his name?
0: Billy Bob.
1: There you go. Billy Bob r i p to him yeah. by the way um <laughs> but yeah no, that's a that's yeah, so. a all right what's yeah, your what's so your I'm third in,
0: pick my third pick,
1: and I'm
4: going into sports on this one uh, kobe bryant Ooh. kobe bryant that
0: that man deserves a bio pick. that man deserves it
1: he he's done so much. Feel like he, uh, dude. His he has such a unique life. He has. That's what I'm saying. Because he got drafted out of high school, but then he also lived in Italy at one point. Yeah,
0: like yeah, so this dude. Like,
1: bro, I mean, think about so it too. Like to put it, in a I would hate no, to be the I'm kind of editor.
0: You don't know. Like when he got his deal with uh like with Pepsi when he was doing the Pepsi commercials, he'd probably be having Messi around. hmm You know, and then him hanging out with Messi, going to Barcelona, going to all the all the all the meet and greets with like a bunch of great superstars. More than like for sure, for sure, they would probably put the maybe they would even start it off like that that Olympics where the USA team was like they didn't play really good at all. Like they did not oh, play good the, at all.
1: The, the, and Kobe uh, and Kobe dream, was the dream team. Yeah the dream, you know?
0: team. Yeah. yeah, the dream team. Yeah, the dream team when they fell off and then all of a sudden Kobe was like, No, we gotta win this. Like next this time we gotta win this. And then they could start off with that and then all of a sudden go into his life and I would love or where, where, uh
1: where where he says job not done when yep. uh, when he won the NBA Finals. hmm Yeah. Adam. So I mean there's a
0: lot of there's a lot of I think there would be a lot of um, a lot of scenes where they would get a lot of his like his trademarks and stuff like that and add him on there um a lot of I'll be honest I think a lot of time skips
1: Yeah um, this this would have to have like a lot of time skips on it Yeah um, yeah for sure but definitely hit like the high points, points of his career
0: Yes exactly
1: Yeah definitely <clears throat> I think they would have to like at least find some way to to show of of his love for his 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 kids as well how he was involved yeah. in their lives as well I think that would be something important as well mm-hmm. yeah. uh, but that, that oof, man that's good this is this is a tough draft man <laughs> <laughs> oh I man forgot, okay man. Um, All right. so
0: what's your what's your
4: so this is the third one this is your third
3: right yeah um I am so this- going with oh man
1: this is this is where things get a lot harder but i I think um i think i I think because like an another movie that I really liked was the founder, which was the movie about the guy that ended up creating Mcdonald's well stole McDonald's, but you know built the foundation of what is Mcdonald's now right um I would kind of want Something similar to that, but with Walmart. Okay. So something is like how this, how this all, like this idea started into where it they, is. I like... think they do have that. I just don't remember. Is there a movie? I think so. Is it really? Because I think that kind, of, that's the case. I might have to veto this. <laughs> a Walmart
5: movie.
4: Yeah, I'm looking at right now. Hold on, Walmart movie or like Walmart biopic. It's just going to be, "Hey, here's the movies you can buy at Walmart." <laughs> <laughs> nah, I mean maybe maybe I'm mistaken.
1: Uh it looks like a documentary.
0: Okay, so then it might not be. And, eh, it's a documentary, don't worry. Okay. It could it could still be in there.
1: All right, yeah, so Walmart. I have to guess... Like-
0: Awesome I have to make a special. Movie. I'd be like, I'd be like, I have to make a guest appearance because I was a card pusher. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you that was the day you didn't show
0: up to work. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. Fuck, I ah, screw that job. Nah, but no, nah, but I you know. Honestly, like the people there were pretty cool, but it's just, dude, like the pay was not good. I don't even know what. To be honest, I don't even know what the pay is now.
1: It's probably gonna um, be a lot higher now, but
0: I'm I'm sure.
1: Well, uh, I don't but, know. Maybe not for part-time work, but definitely probably for full-time. Yeah. Uh, but Because I, I hear a lot of good things about the benefits of Walmart, like benefits program. Um, okay. All right, number four. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Stan Lee.
0: Ooh, very nice.
1: Very, nice. I very think that nice. that would be a really good, interesting story just to see, like, was there any ridicule with him like you know just to see like was there anyone that doubted him with him creating these comic books or where where was comic books when he was when you know in his time you know kind of like that so i think that that would be a really good uh biopic oh that's pretty
4: good no, the that's title would be one.
1: excelsior
0: excelsior
1: <laughs> mm. i think they do have
0: like not a bi i think they have a bio not a biopic but like a,
1: a, a bi- a a documentary. documentary.
0: Yeah, on the Disney, on the Disney Plus.
1: Well, good to it, yeah. Disney. <laughs> so you own Marvel, and you've been ruining that shithole now.
3: <laughs> Damn, yeah, it's not bad. that bad.
1: But, I don't know if yeah. I'm gonna watch that Madam Web movie though. I might watch it. I mean, yeah. Yeah. if you go, if touch- you're watching that, you're def it's definitely because, for bonking reasons. You're probably watching that because you're.
0: No, it's the thing is like that's actually that has to do with Spider Man and the whole.
1: No, I'm just saying, when you look at that cast,
0: (laughs) uh, to be honest, I haven't even looked at the cast,
1: man. Oh, uh, yeah, it's a there's there's definitely some guys there going there for for, definitely for that reason
0: (laughs) for the bonking reasons,
1: yeah. Uh, Sydney Sweeney, uh, Isabella Merced, Emma Roberts. Me. Dakota Johnson, depending on how you feel about her. Anyways, uh, but all right, Eric, your 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 picks.
0: All right, so my pick. All right, so this is this is my number four, right?
1: Yep.
3: All right, it's getting tougher to choose. Um, you know what? I just thought about it now.
1: you just thought about it now
0: yeah i just thought about it right now well there's going to be two i kind of have two in mind now but uh
4: now you got me thinking really really on this one
3: um So, biopic number four. Yep. I've just noticed
1: like all my people are dead.
4: Uh, Well, I mean,
0: (laughs) I just realized all my guys are dead.
1: Actually mo majority of this list are people that are are not with us anymore.
0: Yeah, of course. All right. So I got a good one. I got a good one. Number four.
4: And this man is very much alive
3: and he's still whooping ass. Jose Altuve. Biopic from him from
0: like his childhood. Um all the way to basically winning the world,
1: the World Series. I feel and, like we would want to watch this movie, but I think that a lot, there's a lot of people out there. There, I'm
0: just saying. I mean, Jose Altuve, he's he's a hardcore.
1: He has an, I feel his, like he, his his story is pretty amazing, though. I do. I, I yeah, do love it his is. Stories. I mean, you
0: gotta think about it. He's a really short
1: dude. They were
0: basically saying no oh, because of his his height. So I mean, you know, it, it's it's very. It's inspirational. Like, if you're looking for something like that, it's very inspirational. I feel like it would be like that movie. Um, you know what? It would be very much like the Jackie Robinson movie, 42. Just, you know, not with the whole, not with the whole, you know, I don't want to say words, but not with the whole, you know, segregation stuff like that going on.
1: Just, just, just people accusing him of cheating. <laughs> so.
0: Yeah, cheating. And like I said, his high and basically how hard he had to actually get to work to work to where he's at now mm-hmm. um but yeah jose Altuve. i mean i know you would
1: watch that i would definitely watch it matter yeah. of fact over here is my jose Altuve pop
3: <laughs> i have mine in the box
1: yeah i don't do that i don't do that nrfb thing
3: uh- nrfb
1: all right. So, uh, what's your what's your fifth
3: pick? My fifth pick, and I think this is actually
4: a lot of people would probably be interested in. Um,
0: my fifth pick would be Jeff Bezos, basically the creator penis of Amazon. Penis rocket.
1: Penis rocket.
0: <laughs> and then, and then also, and then also the the fact that he started from his garage, selling nothing but books, yeah. used and new. And then now, all of a sudden, you can literally buy car parts here, like on Amazon. Like you can, you can buy buy car parts. You can buy food. You can buy, dude. You can buy, dude. There's so much crap you can buy in there, and it's it's scary sometimes. Like, I mean, just as a just as a the thing, because somebody actually told me you can, you can buy sex toys through there.
1: I was like, what? I didn't need to to know
6: that. (laughs) No, Um... that's
0: what I'm saying. But it's like you can buy literally everything. You can buy motor oil. You can buy cooking supplies. You can buy Te- food, like you said. Technically, you food, it's, not,
1: it's not. what. It's not what it it is it, not that. But I did buy a, a grinder for 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 my weed. <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> oh, you bought it! You bought it
0: on Amazon. Yeah, dude, I did dude. buy it on Amazon. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> I could see it. I could see that. I'm I mean, you, dude, uh, they have if, everything.
1: If certain people are listening to this, I know I do not smoke weed. Uh, oh my god! I just realized, like <laughs> some of the academy players are probably listening to this. Maybe.
0: Oh no, he doesn't drink. He doesn't smoke weed. He just he, uh... Nah, I think some uh, people. I, I think some I of the
1: guys kind of like it's safe to assume. Uh, one of the guys because like one of the guys asked. One of the guys was listening to what well, they wasn't listening had a sublime shirt, uh, on, and um, and I remember you know, I made the, the corny hey name three songs, and he said, Oh, I didn't realize this was a band, so that that hurt my oh. that hurt me, um, but so he was like, You know what, I'm gonna give it a listen, and I was like, I kind of don't want you to, and he's like, Why? <laughs> I was like, I think you're gonna have a really good way to guess what I was in high school, <laughs> so. <laughs> And he's like, I'm sure it's not that bad. And then he, then yeah, he was like, okay, I see what you mean. <laughs> yeah, and it was, it was only good. in high school,
3: <laughs> so
0: yeah.
1: And then he never
0: touched stuff again. You know, he he
1: he. Was, obviously, I joined he was the, the good Marines. boy. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. That that stops you.
1: Yeah, uh, but <laughs> okay, but Jeff Bezos. Yeah, that that would be a really cool story. Um, mm-hmm. and it's right, kind of so like
0: that. a it's an underdog story, and I know for a fact once he started that it's pretty honestly sure like everybody... it's like
1: a rags to riches. And you know a Prime example. Last year we saw the Flaming Hot movie, which was the movie about the guy that created the Flaming Hot Cheetos, the Flaming Hot brand for for Lay's for you know for Frito Lay. And um, yeah, bro, that that's another good movie. If you guys haven't watched Flaming Hot, watch it. Um, it's also even Lagoria's like direct, uh, directorial debut. Um, so oh, nice, so she did a really good job. Uh, Becky G dropped a banger of a song, which she always does. Um, so love her, yeah, great, 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 great stuff. So, good movie, though. Um, and that, that's the movie that introduced me to Annie Gonzalez, which I'm still. I'm still, Edward, Edward knows this. Uh, this is going to re- make me really seem misogynistic, by the way. I can't tell if, if Andy Gonzalez is attractive or not. Um, and, <laughs> and okay, before anyone starts judging me, so me and my sister, we have this thing where we, we do talk about this. And one, our number one person is Eva Mendez.
3: <laughs> well, you and Ryan Gosling. Huh? You and Ryan Gosling,
0: basically, in the same boat.
1: That's an attractive man. I don't, I don't, I'm not. Oh, no. Okay. I, yeah. Cause that's his wife. No. Uh, so me and yeah. me and Wendy, the thing is, is that we're not entirely sure if, if Eva Mendes is really attractive. Oh, like there's movies where like she, she looks great. And then there's movies where I'm like, eh, I don't know. So...
0: <laughs> is it the face or is it the boot? I don't Ooh. know.
1: Me and, Whit- me and Wendy still have no idea. And that's kind of where I'm at now with Andy Gonzalez. Like, like she's clearly, and I'm not. I'm not saying they're ugly. And clearly, they're beautiful women. You're all beautiful. But like, it's it just like I just don't. I just. I'm not totally sure of the consistency. <laughs> so, and me and Wendy are. It's it's like the one thing that me and Wendy like. We love doing, which is sounds awful to, to say it out loud. But where we're not entirely sure whether or not somebody is hot or not. Um, and it, it. This is also we do this with men. Um, so. Like that, okay. yeah, that, that helps my case even more, <laughs> but, but yeah, so, so yeah, so, but Jeff Bezos, that's going to be an interesting one. All right. But yeah, I think that would be a really cool, really cool to learn about Jeff Bezos. Um, And I'm sure yeah. he'll like force his Amazon employees to watch the movie of Av- available on Amazon <laughs> Prime. <laughs> hey, I
0: wouldn't be surprised if Amazon Prime would be the ones to release it.
1: Yeah, probably. Uh, all right, my number one movie. Um. Wait.
3: Okay, uh...
4: it has been done.
1: It technically has been done. Okay. Okay. Tell me if you want to veto it or not. It, uh, probably you should veto it. I'm. I'm. I might veto it as well. Uh, Muhammad Ali.
3: Hmm.
1: It's already been done, so I probably veto it. Not taking a jab, unintended. Not taking any jabs at uh at Will Smith's like movie, but like I I don't know. I just feel like it could have been done better. Um, no, nah, I'll just I'll just I'll, I'll I'll veto
3: it. I'm not. I'll pick something else. Um, dang, this is this is where. Um. So if not Muhammad Ali,
1: I would say, nah, I wouldn't pick Oscar De La Oya. The only reason why I, I wouldn't is just because, like, um, he did, like, a documentary series on HBO. I don't know if you saw that, Edward, or not, but I don't think you have HBO. Nope. Um, but him, he did, he did but a documentary series on his life, and, like, his whole thing was, like, uh you know, he won the Olympics, and the story was that, you know, his mom's dying wish was for him to win... Win the gold medal, and he did, and that's why they, you know, they came to, when he went pro. That's why his nickname was the Golden Boy, was because he had this yeah. amazing story of his mom passing, and then we, I, you know, later, later on, we found out that that was a lie, and then obviously, then we learned more about his like drug addiction and it, you know the multiple ki- the, the multiple children that he has um, with different women, and and you're just like, man, this guy's kind of a sleazebag. bag. Um, <laughs> It also doesn't help that I already didn't like him as much because of how badly he did with Dynamo. But yeah, uh, I know. Uh, you know what? I, I I'll screw it. I'll just say it. Tom Brady.
4: Oh, okay.
1: I gotta at least have somebody that's alive on this list.
3: Right.
1: And <laughs> I mean, Walmart doesn't count because it's a it's a it's an inanimate object. <laughs> it's a store. Oh, so. <laughs> I
0: honestly don't. I I feel like Superstore does a portrays a pretty good job.
1: Of oh, it's a great Walmart. like uh, parody of, of what of what working at a real retail store in general. Oh, like yeah. it's definitely clearly Walmart, but it is like anyone that has ever worked in any of those like, nine. those yeah. retail stores. Like if you worked at a Target, and this is where I'm gonna date myself, but Kmart.
0: Um, but... <laughs> I forgot, dude. I forgot all
1: about Kmart. I'm gonna date myself on this with but Kmart. <laughs> but what was what
0: was the other? What about? Oh, dude. Um, what was
1: that? Auchan. Aush, Auch I don't think was like necessarily like a Walmart, but that it, was... I think it
0: was. I think it was because technically Auchan's. It had everything. You yeah. had bikes. You had. Cooking appliance. You got your yeah, back food. to school.
1: You can do your back to school shopping there. You can go get tortillas. You can go do your in, your your income tax. Uh, you yeah. Can get well, a loan. That was, that,
0: that was, <laughs> yeah. That was about right. You just have to go upstairs.
1: Yeah, it, Alshon was. It was unique. It was very unique. It, it's crazy to yeah. think that there's like still some. In, there's like uh, there's Alshons in France. So.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, I think it originated uh, overseas.
1: Yeah. It just. But it was just—it's crazy. Every time I drive by, where the Alshon used to be, the one, uh, off of Bellway Eight, mm-hmm. it,
3: it's a food town now.
1: It, yeah, it is. It's just crazy to think, and you know, it's like right across from a Walmart. So, fuck you, Walmart. <laughs> but, well, okay, okay, yeah. Well, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I, I am gonna say that, but um, but yeah. So there, there's our five-a-side draft. Edward has Elon Musk, Paul Walker, Kobe Bryant, Jose Altuve, and Jeff Bezos. Me, I have Eddie Guerrero, Dale Earnhardt, Walmart, Stan Lee, and Tom Brady. That's going to be an interesting graphic.
0: <laughs> just... <laughs> the walmart's gonna take the whole freaking picture <laughs> <laughs> just walmart Or you know what or you know what you know what you should do put, put all them in the staying... walmart <laughs> no Put. i was about to say put them outside staying outside the walmart like in front
1: of the walmart <laughs> look like day laborers yeah i'll make it
0: oh God. <laughs> or just them dressed up as they're no- they normally do you know tom brady with the football pads and the helmet and uh you know everybody else you know just, just doing their own thing But eddie
1: girl doesn't wear clothes
0: <laughs> you could you could put him with the latino i'm your puppy shirt you know latino <laughs> heat the, dude the one shirt i always wanted from wwe to this day i i'm pretty sure i'll never ever get it i'll probably have to look up the graphic and make it myself or something is that latino heat but the one where he has the scar face look to it
3: oh like he had the
0: scar face like like the poster it was yeah, like yeah, I remember that black that, and that white shit, with the red letters. That
1: shit was tough. Yeah, I remember.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. What a time. Eddie Guerrero, RIP, man. But you R. might R. actually,
0: you might win this draft with just Eddie Guerrero alone.
1: Yeah, I, I'm like so happy that you didn't pick him. <laughs> I,
0: and the thing is, I was thinking about like WWE because WWE does a lot of uh, documentaries. But I was like biopic. I was like,
1: uh... I mean, technic, technic, not really, but like, uh, cause when, uh, what was it, Vice, when they did their Chris Benoit documentary? Oh um, yeah, they, they, they did talk about a. Gr- oh my god, dude, I not a dry eye was where was in that was in that room that day. And it's just yeah. me and Robo, but like, still, but man, dude, I I would serious, I would say, and this is just me, but I would, I wouldn't be against a Chris Benoit. Uh, biopic. Yeah, I I understand what he did was like completely and utterly awful. It's inexcusable. Um, once again, if you guys want to know what Chris Benoit did, just just Google Chris Benoit. You'll you'll figure it out. Um, but to the point where W you can't even say his name in WWE. Um, They took him.
0: They took. He can never be put in the Hall of Fame.
1: Yeah, can never be put in the Hall of Fame. You. Uh, good. Like you can't find anything specifically a Chris Benoit. Like it is cleared out of everything in WWE. Though me and Edward, I remember shout out to Nicolette because she let she let me use her WWE account. So me and Edward got to rewatch uh WrestleMania 20 where Eddie Guerrero and Chris Benoit both won the the, the uh, championships. The, it the was championships. the world heavyweight
0: but and the it was which is that's why that's the... why I
1: said like you cannot. You cannot tell Eddie Guerrero's story without Chris Benoit because of that iconic that, that moment right there. That was Eddie, iconic. That where Eddie iconic. Guerrero and Chris Benoit are both holding their titles in the ring. Like, yeah. Like there's no way you, you can't tell you you can't tell Eddie Guerrero's story without Chris Benoit. Um especially because they were both going they were grinding it together. Like they were both in you know, did uh you know, New Japan wrestling. I think they were also in Ring of Honor. You know, like, they're both of their stories are intertwined with each other. So it's really yeah. difficult to not do an Eddie Guerrero movie without Chris Benoit. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Yeah, it, it's just really tragic of how it ended. And honestly, I mean, though, to be frank, we got, you know, we have a, docu, a, a TV series. Well, I guess a Netflix series of Jeffrey Dahmer. So, I mean, clearly, like, people don't mind going there. Um I still say that we're going to see a John Wayne Gacy. Yeah, but the thing is, bro, let right.
0: me let me put it this way. The thing is, Chris Benoit is known more for his wrestling and for, like, his flying headbutt and his uh, crossface, the Crippler crossface and the sharpshooter. Um, but the one thing that defined him, basically, at the end was the fact that what he did, that, you know, that's that's how he's remembered. They didn't do they the ties, whole standing yeah. thing. They basically had to cut all ties, which... You know, I could see why they had to do that.
1: No, yeah, I, I get I get what you mean. I'm just And, and like... I mean,
0: but the best thing is, like, he's known for that, for the wrestling. So, for them to make a documentary or even a, you know, biopic of Chris Benoit, it'd be very difficult because I don't think a lot of people would be open yet. John you, Wayne you Gacy, Jeffrey Dahmer, they're known well, for
1: that. They're not cause... known for,
0: like, oh, they used to be a philanthropist, but... Later on in life, they decided to become a you know killer. Well, uh,
1: you know? obviously, you you ha- when you talk about guys like John Wayne Gacy and Jeffrey Dahmer and even Ted Bundy, like you have to cover what they did, which what what's they're known for, which is which is you know pretty crazy. much. That's why. But you can't tell Chris Benoit's story, unfortunately, without how it ended. Yeah, like you have like I, maybe maybe that's the one where you do the blackouts. The the fade into black like they did in, in uh, American Sniper, <laughs> where you he, just say, "This was what happened." <laughs> we don't need it. We don't need to see what happens there, because um, he was a mess after Eddie Guerrero died. Um, yeah, he was. But yeah, no that that that's a yeah. You think of any honorable mentions now that now that we're done with the draft? Um.
3: Um,
4: well, this would be a very, very, very horrible one, but I feel because it's
0: soccer and it was around those times, it would basically be, so I'm either thinking George Best or Michael Gonzalez biopic.
1: Oh man, I would be all for a Michael Gonzalez biopic. I know you would I know you. I mean, would. essentially like... the Michael Gonzalez biopic would also be a Diego You could literally make yeah, that the yeah. Diego Maradona movie. Yeah yeah, literally, yeah, yeah. they're basically the same guy. <laughs> so.
0: They literally did the same thing.
1: They were buddies. <laughs> so. Yeah, they were they were, they, <laughs> they were, they were, were friends, so. Bro, that's crazy. <laughs> You can literally copy and paste if you ever decide to do a Diego Maradona movie, which they should. If you decide to make a Diego Maradona movie, you can just copy and paste it and make it the Michael Gonzalez movie too. <laughs> you just gotta change the teams.
0: <laughs> so yeah,
1: that yeah, oof, that so. would, George Best would be really cool.
4: Um, oh man, um, you know what it.
1: You know, kind of similar with like Miracle on Ice. It's like one of those like underdog sports movies. I just not don't underdog stories. Yeah, I just can't think of any of of like. I mean, obviously that's based on true events, so it's not necessarily a biopic. Uh, but I and I, I've said this before. I think I've said it on this podcast actually. But I would love if uh, someone else tries to like actually do a better movie on on Dallas Carter. Um, if you guys don't know Dallas, Dallas car was allegedly the team that, that played against, uh, uh, Pyramid uh, Purian, what was it? Pyramid, uh, you know, the Friday night lights, the, the movie, not the TV show, but in, mm-hmm. in that movie, that's who they played in the state championship. Even though the, the real story was that football team didn't even make it to the state championship. They made it to the semifinals and that's when they played Dallas Carter, Dallas Carter later, then went to the state championship game and beat Judson high school. Um, but. The only reason why is because Dallas that like the Dallas card movie that movie that they made. I just I can't get over on how cheaply it was done, and it's like a yeah. really uh, to me the story needs to be done right, um because it it is also a really good like warnings like a warnings tale, is that what it, is it the, is that the phrase, a wise tale, a wise tale, like it, it you know a cautionary tale. There we go. That's what I'm thinking of. It's like a good mm. cautionary tale because of obviously like you had a high school team, like majority of them all, mostly all of them got like full ride scholarships to play college football. And only two of them went to go play college football because, you know, they all got involved with like robbing stores and restaurants. And, and unfortunately you all got caught and got arrested. Oh, damn. Yeah. Dude. Dallas Carter is like one. Of, it was literally one of the greatest high school football teams ever assembled. Um And then, Because of that just stupid, stupidry, because of that little, those dumb decisions, like, all of them went to jail. Except for, like, two guys. One guy I know for sure. And he ended, he, only, one, I think only one ended up going to the NFL.
5: Mm.
1: And that was, like, a really loaded team. Like, it was really good. So, yeah, I think that that, but that, obviously, that's based on true events. It's not necessarily a biopic. But, um. I would say a rock movie, too. movie on Dwayne the Rock Johnson, even though I, I think at this point we're just getting we're getting just, like, shoved Dwayne the Rock Johnson to our faces now.
0: <laughs> no, I mean, I'll be honest. Uh, well, for one, they had that TV show. Like, Yeah,
1: that's like, what I'm uh, saying. Like, uh, I feel like we're just getting, I think people are just, like, trying to shove the rock on our throats. Along with Kevin Hart. Um, but, alright. Ooh, George Bush. That would be, that would just be hilarious. Me. <laughs> um, oh, also, yeah. it just just because I'm I, obviously I was in the Marine Corps, but I would love uh, a Dan Daly biopic. Dan Daly is a two-time Medal of Honor winner. I think that's I think that's who. We, my uh my Marine Corps knowledge isn't what it used to be, but I believe Dan Daly was the guy that won the Medal of Honor twice. Yes. So I, I, so to my drill instructors, you guys did a great job. I do remember my Marine Corps knowledge. That would that would be a really cool, really cool story. A uh, really cool biopic is to do one on Dan Daly. Old school Marine Corps. But obviously that's not gonna happen. Alright, anyways, so uh that's the episode that's the show, man. I want to give a shout out to the Belly Up Podcast ever. Check out their website, bellyupsports.com. Follow them on Instagram and and the X at Belly Up Media and at Belly Up Sports. Also, you guys can watch us also on goals tv so uh goals tv if you go uh, is basically just a streaming service of just nothing but soccer content so if you guys want to check it out has everything that you're looking for if you're looking for ea sports fc content if you're looking for cards uh you know trade you know trading card breaking breaks or what I don't know what the hell the term rips I don't know I don't really know what the terminology is but they have that for you if you follow a specific mls team they got you there you can find musa he does content over there for he, he drops uh, videos over there for goals TV as well. So if you guys want to go ahead and check him out, goals.tv. It is free to subscribe right now. So I'll say take take advantage of it right now. Also, that's where you can find coverage and highlights of the USL. So that's where you know, so they have that great partnership going on for them as well. Um check them out at on Instagram at golz.tv and on X at G O L Z underscore TV. And of course we cannot this show won't be what it is if it wasn't for, of course, Roosevelt Spencer, the namesake of the Roosevelt Spencer Player of the Year Award. He creates the intros, the outros. He's the one that unfortunately has to record Fix Me and Edwards audio when we do our singing bets. So he does a lot for us. So if you guys want to go ahead and check him out on Instagram, it's That Guy Dope. Once again, That Guy Dope, just how it sounds. Um, And give him a follow. And if you guys need some beats, whether you're, you know, trying to do a podcast or a YouTube channel or maybe you're, Maybe you're trying to get into the music industry. Well, hit up Spencer; he'll take great care of you as he always does with us. So that's all I really got, man. Thank you for listening to episode 159. Also, thank you again to Musa for coming on to help cover Afcon, and also to Eddie Robinson. It was honestly a dream to interview you. Um, definitely need to get you back on the sh- uh, back on the podcast to talk more footy. Uh, it, it, I, I had a lot of fun. Hopefully, we could do it where. When well, you're not driving. So um, definitely, definitely would love to do that again. Uh, but thank you so much for listening to episode 50, 159. Catch us next week for episode 160, where we'll be talking more AFCON. And I'm sure there's going to be some more stuff going on because we are, we're definitely at the tail end of the transfer window. So I'm sure there's going to be some signings happening uh closer to the end. But catch us next week for episode 160.
0: All right, take care guys.